your bills? You want to pay rent? You want to get Starbucks? You better work, bitch. You want to get groceries? You want to feed your cats? You want to watch Netflix? You better work, bitch. And my Louis. husband will buy me as many fucking Louis as I want to. So you're going to rely a fucking on your game. No, he's going to fucking spoil me. No. I don't no. deal with no don't, fucking don't, scrubs. Don't. He's going to be a fucking engineer doctor. One of the fucking two. And he's going to buy me as many fucking Louis Quite as I want. Shit. As many Chanel's. As many Gucci belts as I want. As many fucking Louis purses that I want. What happens if y'all get a divorce? What are you going to do then? Sit on your ass? Find another fucking husband, dude. Is that your fucking plan? You have to be independent, Zoe. Hair, makeup, esthetician, facials, vagina waxing, everything. That is all independence. I will get you. Well, I'm glad that. that you want to take care of someone else for your life. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Whatever, Zoe. Whatever. My husband says he's upset with me because in his words, sweetie, you need to stop spending so much money on DoorDash. Ordering it three times a day is not appropriate and we need to start living within our means. Honey, it sounds like you have an income problem, not that I have a spending problem. Start earning more money and we won't have these issues. So I took his credit card that we share and I booked a vacation for my daughter Richard and I. We're staying in a hotel tonight and I hope he enjoys that I charged $8,000 to his credit card. Make more money, darling. on everybody it is coach greg adams back in here reporting for duty sir back in here with another youtube live stream i got money and this is the wake up show i got my coffee part of the free agent lifestyle podcast here on the free agent lifestyle channel we are back in here for another blue chip mindset series man this is one of the best series on youtube it's an inspirational series, maybe a little bit of educational series, a little bit of entertainment. And today, what we seem to do, this is what we do, because every day I wake up, I am very thankful and grateful for just the opportunity, just the opportunity that I have. And no matter what I'm doing, because many of the opportunities that I have had in my life, I've created them or I've at least walked the path to create those opportunities. And then I've networked and met people who opened doors for me. And then I find that that is going to be my definition of success. I, I define success myself because I, I, 
it, I, I define success like this. You know, uh, money is obviously going to be a byproduct of anything that you like to do that you're passionate about. Many times that you're passionate about. Hopefully you're passionate about it. All right. That is an opportunity that you created that is outside of the norm. All right. Listen, you can be successful inside of the norm. And of course, your definition of success is going to be your very own definition of success. I oftentimes tell men that you got to develop a philosophy about yourself. Many of your YouTubers, including the PUAs that I get on, many of them, I am proud of them because they have a philosophy about their life. What they do is when they write a book, they are basically pinning their philosophy. They're pinning their ideas of what makes them them. They're setting rules and boundaries and guidelines on how to operate and function in this world. And it is very important for men to develop a philosophy for themselves, all right? And it's not gonna be 100% your philosophy. Please understand that. You're not stealing from other people. I mean, per se, I mean, if you write it, if you write a book and it's other people's content, then you could be accused of stealing. However, what you're doing is you're basically saying, these are gonna be the guidelines. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pin it down. I'm gonna really set the map, all right, the roadmap to my life. And I'm gonna decide what I'm gonna accept and what I'm not gonna accept, all right? What I'm gonna do, what direction I'm going, all right? Many men don't do this. And this is the purpose of this today's stream of why men, and particularly, talk themselves out of being successful, all right? And a lot of times, uh, what's under this, what, what's under this drive to talk yourself out of being successful is what is going to be the, your best past, your best, your best, best past. I'm talking like Mike Tyson right now. Shout out to Mike Tyson. Don't come club me. What is going to be your best path to success? All right. And of course it's success is your own definition of success. It doesn't mean money. All right, but we like money over here. I got money. Because money is a great tool for you to actually provide the opportunities that you need in this life. All right, in this world. If you don't have that tool, you're going to have to find another tool that you can barter with because resources, listen, everything comes down to resources. If you study history, everything has been coming down to uh, the, the way countries relate to other countries is through the import and export of trade, uh, uh, trading of, of whatever resource they have. It could be rice, grains, spices. You know, India for a long time um, was able to, I think even still today, operate off spices, right? Now they can operate off of hair for black women, but that's neither here or there, all right? You can also uh, operate with rice and grains, all right, which China was able to do for a long time. You can have oil to barter with. You always gonna have to have something to barter with in this world. And so in our world, currency is the best way to do so because currency can then be converted into whatever you need. When you have something limited, like a rice, you know, there's only so much you can do with it, but people will find other ways to do things with it, like corn. You know, you can find a way to do, you can make ethanol uh, out of corn. So you will find other ways to use some other tools, but money is a great way to start. I got money. All right. <laughs> anyway, man. Hit the like button in here today, all right, because I'm eager, every day I'm eager to wake up and create more opportunities. I'm, I'm eager to get up and create more content, which is one of the things that I do. I like doing this, you know what I mean? I like sharing the information that I've learned or entertaining at least, all right? And at some point, it's not about the money because what, what, what I'm doing is opening up other doors, 
all right, opening up opportunities. I'm creating an entrance ticket or an admission ticket into events, all right, into opportunities as well. So this is not just the driving force behind what we do here, all right? I have a hunger. I'm poor, hungry, and driven, as they say. I'm a PhD, and I have the energy of a 25-year-old, although by 10.30 at night, I'm ready to go to sleep. Well, that's because I get up at 5 in the morning, and my mind's always working through the night. You know what I mean? I get up early in the heat of the night. I have a drive, man, and uh, the drive can't be stopped. You know what I mean? And oftentimes, I need haters' uh, energy to fuel me, all right? I And not only haters that, you know, not just internet haters, haters that are in your life. Haters that are in your life, man. There's a lot of people that are praying and praying for your downfall. They're wishing you did not have success, or they're wishing to derail your success in any way. All right. A lot of people are jealous. A lot of people are miserable. All right. In this world, then they're operating as if they're happy outside of the context of success. All right. Because we'll talk about that. Why you talk yourself out of success. A lot of people say, well, you don't need that. These are miserable people. I want you to recognize really quick. Those are miserable people. I'm just going to let you know right now, because what they're trying to say is happiness is a resource that you can barter and trade with. Nope. Bruh. I mean, I'm going to tell you what, right? You're a miserable person and you just need to recognize the signs of miserable, knuckle dragging, mouth breathing, ham and eggers. All right. They wake up every day looking to accomplish absolutely nothing. Now, listen, if that's how you want to live your life, go ahead. We don't preach that here on the blue chip mindset because we're not chasing money. I mean, success is what we're chasing, but we're chasing passion. We're not chasing happiness because happiness is an emotion of the weak. When you lean on it and you actually re repress all of the other emotions that need to come forward in your pursuit of happiness. All right. But many of people that say they're happy, they're miserable. All right. And I, I don't know if you noticed many of the people that do claim that all you need is happiness or that claim you don't need certain things. They demonize success. I want you to notice one thing about those individuals more often than not they're fat all right they're fat and happy all right? i mean because because what happens is they're sloppy slovenly many times they don't care for themselves many of the times they're not attractive all right many times they don't have opportunities many times they're not savvy intelligent wise they're not savvy in terms of being be able to create anything for themselves and they just out here sucking oxygen from somebody else they're stealing oxygen all right mm. but listen if you do, if you want to be the person who beat out 100 million other sperm to get to this position uh, position in life and come out here and waste your life, go ahead, boo, but do not come into my life and tell me I'm doing it wrong or I'm chasing that pattern that's going to lead to unhappiness when that's not even part of the equation. Okay, it's not even part of the equation. You can be fat and happy, but I won't. I refuse to. All right, and because my metabolism is so high, I don't even know if I can do that. I don't even know if I can get fat, right? You know, I'm a mesomorph by design and I have shorter limbs, so I tend to pack on muscle, but I don't eat that great. You know, I'm not one of those dudes that are measuring all their food, all right? But I don't eat like a slob, you know what I mean, either. I don't consume food just to consume food to uh, hide the fact that I am a, a miserable person, right? You know, comfort food type of stuff. And so the likelihood of me being fat is going to be slim to none and slim just died. All right. So here it is, man. <laughs> anyway, man, people are not passionate about this life. And I find it absolutely appalling that people wake up 
You were the sperm that won. And you come in and you turn in the performance every day in this life the way you do. I'm appalled. It actually makes me sick to my stomach and disgusted that especially in America, I don't care what shade of color you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what gender that you want to identify as. You guys wake up on a daily basis and you turn in low performance. I just, you turn in zero effort or the bare minimum. All right. That's going to be a thing that I used to preach to my teams all the time. The bare minimum. You ever do that? You have kids, right? You have kids. You literally be like, Hey, can you do this? And they will turn in the bare minimum performance. Okay. Can you, can you take the trash out? They barely take the trash out. They barely rolled it out to the sidewalk. They barely, not saying my kids do any of these things. They barely put the bag on right. They back on in the trash cubicle. They barely do it. You barely go to work. Y'all, I'm going to work. And then your work consists of you sitting there for eight hours, scrolling through your phone. You might work for two hours, two whole hours, right? And then you got to get the two bobs in there. What do you exactly do here? All right, I, I, I'm appalled. I've never been that type of person. I've never, you know, maybe when I was a teenager, but I was, when I was even a teenager, as they call them here, I woke up early. You know what I mean? There was rarely a time where people was like, man, you ain't doing shit. It's a, there's a sense of entitlement in this country that an old soul like me finds absolutely disgusting. I mean, because I'm 46 years old. I know I, I look 55 years old. However, I'm an old soul. You know what I mean? When even I was younger, I was an old soul. But people literally wake up and with no damn goals to do nothing. You know what I mean? Do a comp You got to be told to what to do. Told when to show up to work. Told when to clock out, told when to punch in, when to punch out, told what to do every day. We need to have a meeting to discuss what we're going to do today. I mean, good Lord. I mean, listen, you were the sperm that won. And you were born in America. Ain't that America? Let's get into these super chats. I uh, appreciate the early contributions. Uh, today's show, we're going to talk about why men talk themselves out of success. And ladies, if you want to talk yourself out of success too, go ahead. <laughs> Wyatt Farrell's in the building. Thank you for becoming a member. Andrea Green. I'm not sure if that's your real name. You might be going after, after something else, but maybe not. I'm not sure. Maybe it is a sister. And, you know, we don't distinguish sisters and brothers by race over here. We all brothers and sisters here. You're all welcome here. All right. But anyway, if this is you, she says, she or he says, we appreciate and value the blue chip mindset. Thanks, coach. All right, appreciate that. What do we got going on here? Shout out to Octavius Baker in the building with that morning cup of Joe, Elijah Bryant, the blue chip mindset. You got me focused on my career. So I could focus on my career. Of being a nasty boy. Much love, CGA. And shout out to the nasty boys that, you know, you like a little bit more to hold on to, a little bit more to love. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you, nasty boys. You got to do what you got to do out here, man. All right, YouTube trash talker. Thank God for this man. Steady uh, the sales. Stay the course. Free agent lifestyle. Stay the course, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm going to add to that because I was just thinking of this yesterday. Many of us aren't given the information or we don't 
we don't latch onto the information in enough time to actually help ourselves. We get distracted in life, which is very easy to do for a man in his 20s because we, you know, we're thinking about other things. But uh, what tends to happen is we give up too soon. Even if we're given the information, we think we should be getting the results immediately or we think someone should be giving us the results. Um, and there should be a sense of fairness in this world. Again, I'm old school. I come from the old school. I don't come from this new school philosophy of entitlement. Everything should be fair, equality. These are all myths. These are all utopian myths that will never happen. It has never happened in the history of this world. In the history of the world. There's been no such, in fact, in fact, I'll say this. In the recent history of this world, the closest we got to any of those things is what we're doing right now. That is damn near the closest that you can get to any sort of fair equality or anything. Do you realize how unfair it used to be in the past? Jesus. Like you were giving zero chance or zero opportunity in the past. I'm talking about any time before 1900. As far as the world has been concerned, you were you were guaranteed nothing in this world. Zero. <laughs> it's just like, wow. But now we're here and what we do to men, which is absolutely appalling, is we tell, tell men to do less in order to give more opportunities for others. Oh, and this is what you guys do because you get guilted and shamed into being aggressive, uh, to being, um, you get shamed out of being a leader. You get shamed out of being ambitious. And then they will then pin these qualities on other individuals and you'll step to the side. I have no idea why. I don't know. You want people to like you? I don't want people to like me. I don't even want my kids to like me. All right. That's not my job. My job is not to get my kids to like me and be their best friend. It is not to get my parents to like me. I don't even need my neighbors tonight like me. Who cares? My job is not that. My job is for other things. Provide, protect, lead, stand on my square, protect my things. Okay. And then all of that likability goes all the way down at the bottom. All right. Who cares if people like me? All right. If you don't like the way I do things, fine. You don't have to deal with me. However, if you are under my protection model, I don't give a damn if you like me. You got to get this done. That is my job is to actually give you opportunities and give you a path that where you can stand on your own square and have your own philosophy when you're able to support yourself. All right. But if you're not able to support yourself, you're under my protection model and thus you must perform these duties. But if you want a kumbaya party, you can take that sh to the stove. I don't give a damn. Take it somewhere else. I don't have time for kumbayas. I, I gives a damn. All right. And this goes, this goes along. I'm telling you, you guys really think I'm hard on you or that. I literally am like this with my family. I'm like, look, man, you ain't got to like me. <laughs> Who gives a damn? All right. It's nice. It's an added spice. You know what I mean? But my job is not to get you to like me. All right. It's not. That ain't my job. Now, if you think you can support yourself, go ahead. <laughs> All right. People are crazy, man. I tell you, man, I think people are really entitled for to kumbaya sessions. Let's feel together and get together and figure out how we're going to like each other. Who cares? 
<laughs> Man, we ain't got no time to figure out if people like people. Well, it's been proving that corporations that have good uh good likability, man. I don't care. <laughs> Shout out to him. Speaking my mind says we take change, but we prefer the money that folds. Yes, indeed. Shout out to the coming of America. We do take change, but we uh, take the money that folds. Prefer that. Young Viking says Lovey Smith's blue chip mindset is going to the playoffs and getting that Super Bowl ring. Yes, I'm coaching the Texans this year. Okay, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Trading the wave says got my rotation from the junior college, 18 to 24. I still feed them. Chicken skewers and jasmine rice with a little extra gravy. He says, shout out, hashtag to the coach gang. Hey, man, you guys got to do what you got to do in this world. And this is where we're going to start off the show. Um, got to do what you got to do in this world, man. I'm telling you, man. Hey, listen, you rather I'd rather live a life of I, what I know instead of a life of regrets. Oh, I should have. All right, where do we come up with this blue chip model? Blue chip is often a term that is used in higher earning places. As the people with the best reputations or they come from good reputations. So typically, a traditional family will lead their kids into blue chip opportunities in which they move to great areas in, in order to educate them and then pass them on to blue chip reputation universities or blue chip careers, colleges, or, you know, it doesn't have to be whiter. Uh, there's It could be blue collar. It could be white collar. But they're preparing their offspring to get great opportunities to provide so they can provide and um, protect themselves. Right, that's basically what you want to do with your offspring. We keep them from 18 years minimum, almost to 20, 25 years max, maybe 30. Some of you guys are great enablers and coddlers. All right, creating more weak people, ham and eggers and slaves. But go ahead. All right, at least you guys are happy. They're not, but at least they're happy. I'm not happy. But blue chip <laughs> reputations, you can see this is in the American lexicon already. Uh, where is that coming from? We, that's a later thing that I'm going to reference right here. Uh, blue chip stocks are the well-known uh, stocks from established companies. Blue chip uh, stocks right here have a strong history of performance and often pays dividends. Uh, blue chips was actually in the movie and they used, they used to use blue chips in recruiting. We need blue chip recruits. All right. This is what the movie was about. He went and attained, uh, got blue chip recruits. Of course, he had to cheat to get it. But the blue chip is always already in the American lexicon, and we borrowed it over here. All right, what about me, man? I got this. Check this out. My channel over here, the blue chip mindset, just got monetized. Well, it qualified for monetization. Thank you for the people who watched really the recent two videos, all right, and really the recent video, the most most recent video. Uh, you got me qualified to monetize. So what I typically do with a channel when it's monetized, this is my sixth, I think it's my sixth monetized YouTube channel. No. It's my seventh monetized YouTube channel ever. All right. So ever I've had seven channels that have qualified for monetization, which creates a lot more work for me. Essentially, what I'm going to then have to do is then find a way to uh, to put content out there. All right. For little shekels. All right. So um, I'm actually, you know, it's amazing that I'm actually be able to be here and get channels monetized and, uh, you know, have opportunities to share my message in this particular channel what we do is in the vlog setting so you see me out in the real world you don't see me out in the studio um here we go right here just so you guys see there's about 20 some videos here some of them were vlogs from the other channels that i actually put over here but um go ahead and give it a sub 
We got 4,000 people over there just qualified for monetization at any point it will be monetized. And then at that point, what I do is then put content over there for you to consume. And it actually is, a you know, I'm like, all right, let me get my vlogging on. All right. Um, and all of that stuff. So uh, I, I do showcase my car and car collection over there. I do showcase, you know, any things, those little trinkets and things that I've purchased in life. So if you're a jealous guy or a jealous woman or a hater, um, you know, this isn't the channel for you. If you don't want to see me say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And that there's no red, there's very little red pill stuff over there, to be fair. But a little of that stuff leaks in terms of relationships. So I ain't going and hammering women over there or talking. What I'm doing is basically telling you the philosophy of the blue chip mindset. All right, going forward. So anyway, all right. So anyway, let's take that down. Somebody said the Snoop Dogg face. Oh, the Snoop Dogg hater face. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, but haters are welcome. There you go right there. People watching my blue chip mindset channel, watching me travel, watching me go places, you know, watching me live it and up in Southern California, watching me driving a Porsche and all that. Yeah, that, the, the haters are going to be over there. All right, you, you guys are welcome. Give me some views. Give me some views. <laughs> There's no super chatting over there. Let me acknowledge the cash apps, by the way. Shout out to Yura. And he says, conquer and dominate, nothing less. All right, I had a great course named Conquer. I've actually written a course called Conquer. And um, man, Conquer, I use words a lot of times to define the things that I want to do. Conquer, I, I like to I like to conquer things, you know what I mean? Including Young Junior College Peach League. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is, but that's basically how I operate life. Who else got in here? XL Pro Services says money, power, respect. Money, power, respect. Definitely, definitely, man. All right, shout out to him. Money, power, and respect. It is in that order. All right, so uh, did we get all of that out of the way? Yes, we did. Let's get let's kick it 25 minutes into the show and get to the number one reason or reason number one why men don't, or why they talk themselves out of success. And number one, they don't have access to information now never let this be an excuse you don't have access to certain types of information and that means you did not pursue these informations and i'll always tell you guys yes i'm not rich but i'm not poor i make decent money but uh as someone once said if a millionaire woke up with my bank account he would literally just probably jump off a bridge all right i think damon jones just said that about another millionaire hey listen I got good money, but if a millionaire woke up with my money, he'd be one to delete himself. He'd be like this. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but if you woke up with my bank account, you might be like, hey, living it up. You're like, this is crazy. All right. So what that means to say is, yes, I'm not qualifying to be millionaire status, but what you have to understand is I'm giving you a lot of this information and you're consuming it for free or you're consuming and you're paying it with your time. And I hope that you translate this into whatever you need to do. Take what you want and make your own philosophy. But if you expect millionaires to come here two hours a day or two hours every week and give you vital information and access to information that then can make them uh, make you a competitor, you're out of your mind. You're gonna have to go and spend $500 at least for a YouTube course, or you probably would have to spend $1,500 to $2,000 on a ticket for a three-day event. 
to go see them. And, and that's not even including airfare and uh, hotel. You would have to spend a lot of money to get just an iota from this information from a person who has done the things that I've done. Right. And so, you know, you don't see the trappings of success. I don't get on here with a glittery wristwatch. All right. I don't get on here with gold chains and all of this stuff. I don't get on here with Jordans, although on my new on my game game channel, I show you my shoe collection over there. All right. So those are the things that people look for and they say, oh, you don't have those things where you're not successful. Well, that's wrong. You don't have a big fancy house or a mansion. I can be in a big fancy house or a mansion tomorrow. All right. Like tomorrow, I can be in a five bedroom house here in Southern California like tomorrow. All right. I can put the rent down, plunk it down, the deposit uh, first and last. And you'll see me in a big fancy house in no time flat. It's, it's easily attainable for me. But is that what I need in my time of life? That's not what I'm looking for. All right. So um, if you are looking for men who have, and there you go right there, CGA, CGA got game channel, a brother showing his Jordans. If you think that's going to make you believe that I'm successful, I got lots of Jordans. Between me and my son, we got Jordans up the yin yang. All right. If you ever wanted to know. All right. But uh, to me, that doesn't make me feel successful. It's nice and all. All right. But if you're waiting for that, that's not going to be the thing that you're going to get from this channel. All right. Um, On that note, how do you get access to information? And if you want to know where my channels are, if you ever uh, want to find out, I give put a lot of content out on YouTube because at some point I'll stop. <laughs> Yeah, the Jordans. At some point, I'll stop putting out content, and I just want to have all these avenues to put them out. If you ever want to know, just so you know, you're like, how do you find all these channels? I think there's a channel guide in the description box, but if you go right here, Free Agent Lifestyle, all the channels are down here, all right? I'm on my seventh monetized channel. That is absolutely amazing to me, all right? Four years ago, I had zero. <laughs> all right, four years ago, I had zero monetized channels, all right? Now I've had seven in my life. In a four-year period. Uh, let's see here. Oh, access to information. So today's world, many of us have access to information, but unfortunately, many, much of the information that we get, we get too much information and we have analysis by paralysis. You don't know what to do with the information. You don't know what direction you need to go. You don't know how far and fast you want to get there. You don't know if you want to start hitting licks, if you want to start being criminals, if you want to hustle or if you want to go the long, righteous path to stability. A lot of people want the results up front. You want it now. That's because we're a microwave society and we're completely entitled. Give me a monetized channel. No, you're going to have to work for it. You know what I mean? You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to do these things to get there. You're going to have to commit to it and do it every single day. If you read my book, The Free Agent Lifestyle, I always tell people, do the 90-day challenge. Whatever you want to see, change in your life, commit to it, for 90 consecutive days, and many times you will start to see enough return for you to continue doing that thing until you're successful at it. You're not going to see the return that you want, but you're going to see enough return to get you there. So access to information, too much times we have false information. So not only do we have too much information, we have false information, and then thus it will make you uh, think a certain way about a certain subject matter and make you give up. So not only do you start, you already give up before you started. In yesterday's world, many people were not given information intentionally or the information was put in places where you were least likely to frequent. 
uh, for instance, the library. All right. A lot of information is in the library. And then what I don't see is certain type of people in the library. You actually would joke about people that went to the library, but later down the line, they became successful because they went to access the information. Now, the information is in the palm of your hand, and that is that it still doesn't make you do it. All right. So not having access to information is one way you talk yourself out of success. I still hear people today, which is completely awkward to me. It's completely awkward. People say, no one's teaching me this. They will say, no one's teaching me this information, which is ridiculous. Um, some people will say, the school didn't teach me that. Well, you don't understand what the school is used for. I come here and tell you what the school is used for. It is to, number one, indoctrinate you so you can drink the company Kool-Aid. Number two, it is to prepare you for a single skill. And what they do over a 13-year period is try to get you to determine what skill can you contribute to the industrial revolution or now the digital revolution. And so thus they present a variety of general education for you to then say, I'm passionate about this particular part of the education. And it takes you 13 years to come to this decision. And when you come to that decision, you then spend four years to six years honing those skills in a very intentional, specific program. Now, you know, listen, if you think that is going to be the way you learn about life, you're a fool because it doesn't teach you how to purchase a home. It doesn't teach you about the stock market per se. They don't spend enough time on it. They don't teach you how to do it. They don't teach you how to fix anything. They don't teach you how to do any sort of manual labor. They don't teach you any damn thing related to life. They don't teach you about a marriage contract. They don't teach you about the legal system. They teach you about none of that. So if you think that the school or education is your path of knowledge and access to information, you are wrong. It is to train you into honing in on one skill that you can then contribute back to the world. If that's how you want to do, go ahead and do it. But if you're going to lean on that in terms of getting education or, I'm sorry, access to information, you're false. You must do that on your own time. Same thing with parents. Or pay rents. Pay rents have their children who are owned by the state pushed into the school. And then the pay rent says, hey, the school didn't teach my kid how to read. The school doesn't have to teach your kid how to read. Because if your kid shows up and is dumb, the dumb, 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 guess what? They got a program for you. All right. And they're going to push you in the direction of your dumb, the dumb, dumb, dumb ass. All right. They don't care. Okay. Your ass can't read. All right. Guess what? You better learn how to operate a glue gun and they will put your ass on the track to operate glue guns. Okay, come on, man. It is what it is. All right. He can't read, but you don't need a, a read to, to operate a glue gun. All right. You see what I'm saying? So they got something for you and they need burger flippers. They need glue gun operators, although those people might be intelligent. They need these people. And so if you have a prowess to not even be able to go on your own time or get your pay rents to go um, sitting over here and teaching you how to read before you even step your ass on the education plantation. All right. Then those if, if your parents don't do this and they're too busy. So I could focus on my career. Then you're going to be a dumbass. The school is not responsible to teach you how to read and make sure you read every day. But I'm pretty sure they did tell you to read every day. But did you do it? Nope. So this is what we tell people. Now that you got to this point in life, how do you access information? 
And why don't you have access to it in 2022 when this is the information age? Well, number one, you don't want access to the information. You're waiting for somebody to give it. Number two, you probably can't read. Number three, it probably doesn't interest you enough. You're bored. Oh, the Dow Jones index. Oh, my God. The S&P uh, top five, top 100. Oh, please. Okay. And so everything you learned is everything that is fed to you. So you continue your education via YouTube and then you just listen, 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 and you're waiting to piece yourself together with a philosophy instead of seeking the information out. Okay. Because a lot of times people can give you cherry picked information. Doesn't mean that it's uh, they're wrong, but they're giving you cherry picked information and you don't go out and access it yourself. All right. So your parents are probably your problems in life. I'm going to just let you know, always attribute the problems in your life probably started with your parents. Okay. If they busted up their home for $6,000 a year, yeah, your parents were responsible for you being behind schedule and not being able to access information. You know what's odd? If you've ever been on a college campus, and I've worked on college campuses for nearly 15 years, I keep saying that. All right. Um, on off days, Saturdays and Sundays, have you ever been to a college campus? If not, go to a college campus. But don't be looking for junior colleges. This is a educational field trip, but you'll see some junior college. You might not see the junior. Go to a college campus on a Saturday or Sunday. And I want you to recognize who you see on that college campus. Okay. Who do you see on the college campuses on Saturdays and Sundays? There's a certain group of people that you're like, what are they doing? There's no classes today. Why are they here? What are they doing here? <laughs> okay. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is accessing information. And then you, as a college student, take the entire Saturday and Sunday off because you're trained in the public school indoctrination camp to take Saturdays and Sundays off. And then you claim it's for your happiness in the recover, but you ain't did anything from Monday through Friday to even take Saturday and Sunday off. Okay. But you're trained because the school has trained you to take Saturdays and Sundays off. Well, you know, if you're a religious person, you would take the Sabbath off. Okay. I can go with that. However, when it comes down to this competition landscape, landfill, landscape, not landfill, but when it comes down to competition, there are a certain groups of people that are stepping up to the plate because they're haven't been conditioned and trained to take Saturdays and Sundays off. Many of these people grow up on, on a school schedule that includes Saturday. And then here comes the happiness people. Well, these people aren't happy. They're also not fat too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But here you are, they're accessing information and you're not, and you claim you have a disadvantage or even worse, you will say these people are smarter than you. You'll say, oh, they're naturally smarter, but I always see them studying. I always see them actually doing the work. That will make you appear smarter. And I've always said, they're not smarter than you. Just like me, I'm not smarter than you either. But I have the hustle and the drive and the passion to actually do the work. And that's what separates the other people from the other people. Let me do another point and then I'll get the uh, next super chats. Let me get my notes. Here we go. 
Oh, this is an important one right here. So why do men talk themselves out of success? The next one. Somebody said, no, nah, you are smarter. That's a lie. Well, I'm just saying I'm, you know, work smarter, not harder. It is what it is. I don't think I'm that much. Smart. I think the difference is literally me just applying. All right. Me just applying. So I could appear smarter. But the next reason how men talk themselves out of um, being successful is you don't think you should be successful successful at a certain age. All right. You don't think you're old enough for success. Now, this is, again, something that we do in Western culture. We attribute age. Uh, we put age standards uh, just on somebody's chronological age. All right. So if you're chronological age, then people will start pulling rank. OK, I have a chronological age that is higher than yours. You're I'm 28. You're 21. I have I should be in the driver's seat. I should be able to get in front of the line, blah, blah, blah. All right. You're 56. I'm 35. That means you're better than me. OK, but there's three ways you can classify age. And we talked about this last week. Chronolog chronologically. All right. Mentally and biologically. OK, so those three criteria for age now chronologically is what we do. Oh, she's 14. She's 18. Thus, this is her mentality. No, her mental age could be 10 or it could be 30. Now, you're 26, but your mental age could be 12 or it could be 50. See, chronological is just a date on the calendar that determines what day you were born. It doesn't determine how smart you are, how intelligent, how, how, how much you are uh, mature. It, it determines none of that. Determines none of that. But, but also, biologically, your age could be, just take for instance, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant chronologically was 35, but when I looked at him, he looked 60 because biologically he was 60, okay? Physically, physical age, he was 60. Like he was breaking down because he was aging physically and biologically so fast at a rapid rate so that he appeared 60. Uh, the guy, Greg Oden, the basketball player, he was 18, he looked 55, he looked like Bill Russell. But there's some people who are 28 and they appear, uh, they mentally are 60, but physically they might be 16. So it's hard to determine the age thing. But what you do here in America is you go about your life saying, well, I'm only 22, so I don't need to be here or there. Or I'm only 25, so I don't need to start life yet. Uh, women will do this. Well, I'm only 26. I'm young and dumb. I don't need to get married, but I'll fornicate my way through life and party my ass off and maybe around 32 well lady around 32 chronologically might be okay but biologically or physically it might not work out for you okay you might need it to start pump babies out at 20 okay because that's physically or biologically what you probably needed to do it has nothing to do with your your chronological age or it could work in your opposite favor. If she's 32 and she says, I can start pumping out babies. And then somebody looks at her. Like I go to the Cesar Chavez community and look at a woman and she's pregnant. All right. So it actually worked out for her. Like physically, she could be still in her body 16, but she's 32 years of age. Right. So it, age is not something that should stop you. It should not be something that should debilitate you. So let me give you an example here. Um, 
Here's an example here of people who are earning great money when they're young. Okay, great money when they're young. These are titch, titch, titch talkers. These are titch, titch, <laughs> these are TikTokers. I'm a TikToker too. Um, but I ain't a TikToker that make this much more money. But these are people that said, hell with it. I'm gonna go hustle. I'm gonna go do what I need to do. I'm gonna wake up every day. And these people make an excessive amount of money at a young age. And what we do is say, wow, oh man, this is great. Man, be great to be young and rich like that. But you never really apply yourself like that. Oftentimes, I don't see no be people of color like this, TikTokers. All right. But this is just an example. See, what happens is, let me tell you an example. Somebody says, but coach, everyone's not a TikToker. Exactly. But they use what was available to them that would give them the advantage at said age. You know what happened? Let me tell you. As I put this guy, Jacob Sertorlius, on here, or Sertorlius, this is what happened. About five or ten years ago, older people, when you didn't pick up a newspaper, a magazine, a book, they said, Social media is dumb. Who would watch people put pictures of their food and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they wished, they wished social media would die and everybody would return to magazine newsstands and newspapers, okay? And they went and saw the ship sail. They saw the money train leaving the station. And instead of hopping on the money train, they literally said, forget that. I'll wait till it dies. And their age, their mental age showed. They never said, damn, this is the next big thing. And we do this together uh, on our channels. Well, social media killed relationships. Yes, it did. However, it also opened up the monetization of women, in which is much more cheaper to buy $5 kisses than to move her in. It actually helped us not have to get relationships and get married to get two pieces of peace leave. Okay. So while it ruined that, yes, that's painful for society. It also opened up opportunities for you to then capitalize. And the guys who don't capitalize, they're still stuck back here going social media ruined relationships. Well, that conversation is dead because relationships are doomed by social media. Hey, it ain't coming back. It's coming back for some, but it ain't coming back for everybody. So while the money train's leaving, a lot of people who were a certain chronological age immediately dismissed it. And then thus, the people who were born into this age who doesn't know the difference between no social media and social media, what did they do? They capitalized on it and thus are young millionaires. Now, I use social media as an example because that's what you're doing. You're coming to my channel and this is what I do. However, think about some of the other things in life that we see the money train, we actually say, no, we're not going to do it. And then we watch other people do it and we make fun of them only to find out five years later, these people are millionaires. Mm. From the one thing that you didn't see uh, as something that is actually viable or respectable, then you're pissed. You're going, wait a minute, where is this one? Do I have the right one up? Then you're going, how do they make $3 million on TikTok? Crypto is another example. Crypto is another example. Crypto 
is an example of because I listen, I don't have 100% faith in it, but I'd be an idiot not to put a couple of dollars in there. And what people do is um, they talk themselves out of it and they say, yeah, that's a scam. OK, just like I tell you, housing is a scam. I'm not telling you to not buy one. I'm just telling you it's a scam. College is a scam, especially if you have to take student loans. But if you can afford to pay for it outright, right up front or your parents pay for it, it's not as much as a scam. If you go into STEM, something that is not a liberal arts degree, it's not a scam. But it's a scam if you go there and you don't know what to do. Doy, do, doy, do, doy. And then you take out student loans. Then it's a scam. And then you go to a, a state university. You go to Cal State Fullerton. It's a scam. To go get your liberal art. It's a scam. But same thing here. Okay. These people found out that they're going to get on the money train, despite the fact that you want magazines and newspapers to come back. And these people said, F all that. <laughs> F all that. These also young women, these young women said, F all that. Now they don't need to fall under your model of traditional woman because they've got themselves out of that model. Now she don't got to marry nobody. Now she don't need no husband. And instead of us fumbling around going, man, this is stupid. Uh, just like the uh, YouTuber. Uh, these are the 15 billionaires under 40. But just like that YouTuber. I thought I had a uh, thing here. Hold on. Oh, here it is right here. I barely, rarely see any people of color on these lists. This either tells me you can't be it or there's an avenue for it. There's an avenue for it. But a lot of times your family will talk you out of doing something like this. You're going to do TikTok. You're going to do YouTube. You're too old to do YouTube. You're too young to do YouTube. Nobody's going to watch that. Whatever. Just apply that to anything. We're talking about social media today because this is my lane. All right. But 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 uh, but think about it. Your family will talk you out of this success. Now, I'm sure they talk these people out of their success, too. But now look at them. All right. Mr. Beast, uh, Jake Paul. There's a young dude on here. Uh, some of these people I've never heard of, which is crazy. Look at this. <laughs> this girl right here, like Natasha. Here's another example. Who's going to watch? This is a great example. Who's going to watch kids play with toys and video games? Uh, Generation Z and Gen Alpha. That's who. Now, millennials and Gen Xers are not going to do that. But they figured out that they, somebody's going to do it. And this woman is a uh, young woman, young lady, young uh, Russian-born YouTuber, Anastasia Radza. I can't pronounce that. She goes by the moniker like Natasha, like Nastia. Like Nastia, I don't even know what that is. That's her name. And she has uh, a, a 2021 estimated earnings, 28 million. Y'all see that? So let's say you have kids. <laughs> this woman, this young woman makes 28 million. All right, good Lord. All right, here we go. Good Lord. Never heard of it. 28 million. Um. This is the other young boy, Ryan's World, 28 million. Okay. Uh, this is always the guys I can never think of. I always say they do trick shots in basketball. Uh, dude perfect. Dude perfect. 20 million. Now, people will say that's not a real job. <laughs> that's not a real job. Uh, you don't have a real job. YouTube's not a real job. What? 
You know what I mean? Like, wow, there's people that are like, these dudes sit up on YouTube all day. And so they're not sitting up on YouTube all day. They got businesses and corporations. This is social media is a business. It is a business because in our model of economics today, it is like it's media. It's like the television show. It's like movies. Are those real jobs? So um, th this is what happens is when um, you, uh, on this point, you think you're not old enough to do something. Or we'll get to this. You're too cool for school and you think, ah, oh, that's corny. Yes, it could be corny. But this is a problem for a lot of men is that you're afraid to be corny in order to more, more times than not please women. This is the crux of the problem here. And this is why I think young black men are often led astray or often led to adopt criminal, gangster, and thug, drug dealer personas in order to show that they're successful or to get access to women. All right. Because there was a point where gangbangers weren't even two, three percent of the population. Now you look and we've adopted the dress style of the drug dealer and the gangbanger in the last 35 years. And many men who have their heads screwed on straight in order for them to survive or at least survive in the dating marketplace of the young straggle, they'll adopt gangster personas in order to actually get access to the women. And they will waste their 20s and 30s. I mean, uh, their teens, 20s and into their 30s with this persona instead of being a corny ass dude like you are to be fair i i've been telling you this there's no such things as alphas or creating yourself to be the alpha at some point your alpha is going to get tested and you're going to get chin checked all right and it's okay to get chin checked we all get chin checked that sometimes but if you're not really that dude just go and be corny okay all right let's get to the super chats here on this one. So uh, if you're just joining me, why men talk themselves out of success, number one, not enough access to information, which you're going to have to get on your own. Nobody's going to teach you how to be a millionaire for free. Trust me, it's not something that they want to do because they're they're creating a free competitor. Why would I tell you to do something in order for you to compete with me in the competitive landscape? Number two, you don't believe that you're old enough Again, we do dumb things with age. We don't understand that the, the, there's a difference, chronological age, mental age, and physical age. All right, all three of those can be completely different. Not many people are on the same spectrum with their age, okay? 40, I'm, I'm 46, but physically, I'm 35. Mentally, I'm 60. Where does that put me? But we often only take chronological age and try to determine that that's the overriding factor, all right? And it's not, it's not, not, not. All right, so uh, let's see here. Super chats, that's what we're doing, okay? Where are we at? It says, uh, I'm catching up, sorry. Shout out to Buddha Black in the building. He says, your message has me more aware in my marriage and focused on my purpose. Thank you, coach. Shout out to you. So I could focus on my career. And best of luck in your marriage. Again, we don't teach men to be disrespectful to women just on the basis, but we teach them to be strong, stand on their square, understand that you're always going to be the leader. Almost always understand you're going to be at fault for any failure in your marriage. Even though your wife tries to take the lead, she's going to oftentimes abdicate 
when there's a threat, when there's um, when there's failure, she's going to abdicate that position and say, well, you should have been the leader. So be patient in your marriage. If you're still married, I don't encourage people to get divorced for no reason. But if you stop not working out for you, man, you got to cut the dead weight. Shout out the block. Cypher says, hey, coach, been working, investing and traveling internationally. Gentlemen, there is a whole world out there. Go see it. And I cannot under underestimate or underscore that message anymore. Hey, it, when you start seeing the world and you're 3000 miles away from your plant, from, from, from your community, you're going to start seeing things that you never thought was possible or were open to you. You're also going to realize that the little BS that you deal with in your community means nothing to the rest of the world. Nothing. Your blood encrypting means nothing when you're 2000 away from your, your area, your, um, your little community mindset, which oftentimes there's nothing but mouth breathers and knuckle drag. It means nothing when you're away from America. It means nothing. It means nothing to nobody. Somebody might find it fascinating, but it means nothing. And you're going to open your mind like crazy. You're going to be like, wow. Tony Ocasio, what's up, coach? Just here for the three-month milestone. Thank you for the being the uh, supporter. All right, Sono Jono. If it weren't for your money mindset stream two weeks ago, I wouldn't be hustling right now in these social media streets. I started uploading uploading reels and short seven days ago. The grind is fun. Shout out to the coach gang. Yeah, we did a money mindset stream. If you guys want to know, uh, we have a group money mindset stream on Patreon and we did YouTube as a business model, but uh, we meet on Sunday nights via Zoom. Um. And we do different subject matters every single week. So that's one of the subject matters we did. We also do blue collar versus white collar jobs and opportunities. Outlooks for both. The way you get on that is you get on the Patreon, which there's exclusive content, including the seeking arrangement stream. So you can realize what these straggle daggles are doing and why you need to pay them no mind in this world today. All right. So we also do uh, we got 30 this uh, last week. We did tangible investments all right the idea that how much of your income should be um in your investment should be tangible items collectibles uh money gold uh go yeah money gold silver tangible investments instead of investing in markets like crypto and uh which could be you know like crypto in the stock market those are where people invest and they invest a lot of money in but a lot of millionaires, and we determined via an, via article, five to maybe ten percent of their investment are tangible items. Art is an example of a tangible investment. All right, Hot Wheels, action figures, baseball cards. All right, we went through all of those on Sunday. All right, so if you ever want to know, you you know, a lot of people will say, "Hey, do a stream on this," and it's very specific, which includes how to understand a certain money. Well, I leave those to for you to invest in. And again, if you don't invest in it, that's your loss. Yeah, comic books. Um, I don't care if you don't come over to Patreon. It's nice, but I'm not forcing you to do it, okay? Look, if you don't wanna invest in yourself, which is a problem in, it, in and of itself, that's your problem. I don't give a damn, okay? Don't think I'm trying to get your ass to go over there, <laughs> okay? All right, he need money, he hustling me. If your ass don't invest, I care less, bro. I don't give a damn. <laughs> all right don't come over here telling me i'm hot trying to hustle your ass no i'm trying to get you to invest in, in information i'm not going to do every uh specific stream for free 
And men don't invest in themselves. It's quite apparent that men don't invest in themselves. And oftentimes you want men to give you information for free. Uh, you're a competitor, sir. I don't give competitors information. Look, if your ass don't grab up every nickel and dime off the damn ground, I am. I'm going to get it before you get it. And I'm going to get it way earlier than your ass wake up. All right. Because I'm going to be up earlier than you trying to get the damn thing. All right. That's how I live life. All right. Here we go. Uh, Abdur Rahim. Shout out to Sharif. Uh, Abdur Rahim says, yo, coach, do you know the subway shooter in New York was pod 88? Was this other channel? Oh, his other channel is Profit Truth. I don't know, man. Is that true? I haven't done any much investigation on the subway thing. Okay. Um, I know people are already taking it and false flagging it and all of this stuff. I haven't really sat down to look at it, but I will. Thank you for that lead, though. Raul says, gentlemen, please become successful for yourself because clearly no matter how successful you are, you can never demand a type of specific or a certain type of respect. Shout out to uh, Cam Newton. We're going to explore that today. And unfortunately, young men, and gosh, man, I, I, I hate to always talk about young black men, but I know a, a great part of my audience is a young black men. It's sad to see that a guy in Cam Newton's stature can't command the type of woman he wants. And he clearly wants a black woman. And he's trying to get the certain type of black woman, but they're not conditioned to be so. Unfortunately, not even he can do that. Now, the minute he goes outside his race, now they're going to have another, uh, now they're going to have more smoke for him. They're going to have more smoke for him. How dare you date that Ling Ling or that Mar Marisa? How, you, how dare you date that Greek woman? How dare you date that white woman? Because he wants a certain type of mo a woman and he doesn't need a combative competitor. That's okay. Uh, but to, to say and put him down because they're trying to change the narrative on what women can do because largely this country is leaning on, uh, they're leaning on women being employers. Okay, so they don't want you being traditional parents because they want access to your kids in which then they can indoctrinate them in a variety of things. So the narrative is to push the woman out of the home, push the man out of the home, get them both working, tax both of them, and then have access, free access to your children. So, you know, people don't know the game. They don't see it coming. And then this does, you know, we, we get to the successful part and we still can't get the woman that we want. You know? I don't know, man. What a weird world we live in. I tell you, man. But we'll talk about that more. Um, speaking my mind, says CGA styling and profiling, Porsche riding, jet flying, wheeling and dealing, son of a gun. Yes, I am. Yes, I am, man. And look, I'm going to get my Ric Flair on for out here, man. Shout out to you. I love that. Taboo Smash, how did you know what career you wanted to do? How many years did it take you to make money off of it? Great question on that one. Great question. So when I was a young buck, when I was, uh, I, I, I thought I wanted to be, I want to say when I started picking careers. So I was an early graduate. I graduated high school at 17, uh, which I don't encourage you to do with your child. Oftentimes when a child does that, that means the mom or the dad were both focusing on their career and pushed the kid into school. Although I was pretty smart, I was behind a year um, mature-wise, and uh, I never really caught up to school. I never really caught up. I graduated high school at 17, 
But um, I probably could have used another year of maturity before I went into school. But unfortunately, I was a single mother raised child and single mother raised child tend to uh, they these women tend to push their kids into school because it's free daycare and they can go off to work or do whatever they want to do. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I didn't realize what I wanted to do until my second year of college. All right. My second year of college is when I really honed in. And that was when I wanted to be a coach. All right. So I was like, I want to be a coach. I want to coach basketball. All right. Which a lot of people will do. They'll go to something that they love. I love sports. I played sports in high school. So um, I went to coach basketball. And then um, the reason why I wanted to coach basketball is because the girls basketball coach at the school high school I graduated, he gave me a job in the summer to coach the JV girls. And that at that point, I was like, this is what I wanted to do. Also, at the same time, they ran an AU tournament at the at my high school, and I saw college basketball coaches coming in. I was like, "Wow, what? Then you could be a college basketball coach!" <laughs> All right, wow. And so that whole summer changed my life. All right, and so then I was still in college at the time, so I stopped playing junior college basketball to coach. And then at that point, I said, "In order to coach high school ball, I need to be a teacher in order to make money. So what can I teach?" I could teach history. That's what my high school basketball coach did. He taught history and was a high school basketball coach. And so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. So I was like, then I got focused. I honed in. I left my homeboys alone. All right. I transferred from my junior college in a, another semester. And then I transferred to the university. And then I took teaching credentials and all that stuff. I wanted to be a high school basketball coach and a high school history teacher. Now, and eventually what happened was I got so in tuned into college basketball that I eventually volunteered. It was like a scholarship program to be a student assistant on my college basketball team. So that's how I did it. So I think it was around my junior or senior year at the university that I went to. I knew the women's basketball coaches because I started coaching club AU ball. I was introduced to them and I said, hey, I'm transferred to your school. I'll be a student assistant. And then they were like, come on, we'll give you a partial scholarship. To do it. And so I did that for a season. And then I went to coach a high school basketball team and taught. I was a teacher. All right. For a year. And then I said, the hell with this. I want to coach college ball. Now, you're talking to a guy that never played Division One college ball. I was short. I looked very young for my age. And I was like, I'm going to be a college basketball coach. And everybody's like, you ain't going to be no college basketball coach. <laughs> and so by age 25, I was making $50,000 a year as a top division one assistant. I had been at three universities as an assistant coach, been to two NCAA tournaments by age 25. And I was making 50 grand in 2001 dollars. And I also was doing, um, I had a car allowance and a housing allowance and a travel budget. I managed the recruiting budget so I could do what I wanted to do. All right. I could go where I wanted to go. I could follow any player I wanted to do. I had traveled all over the country by age 25. I've been to almost every state. So by that point, I knew I was like, I'm going to lock in. And then I was like, okay, how do I become a head coach? I was already a top division one assistant by 25 recruiting coordinator. How do I become a head coach and how do I make money? So then I started trying to become a head coach. And that led me to a devastating job that I took at a small division two university just so I can get head coach on my resume. And it was a disaster. So um, it was a disaster for me and my career. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to work for myself. 
So then I went into training, fitness training, which my degree was in. And then I went into fitness training and then I started a fitness training business in Newport Beach, California. Right. In which then I said, I'm not going to work at 24 hour fitness. I'm not going to work at the YMCA. I'm not going to do boot camps in the park. I'm going to work with rich people because I grew up in that rich area. So I knew how rich people spent discretionary income. Okay. Okay. And then I spent, I knew they had discretionary income and I said, I'm going to get them to pay me their discretionary income by building relationships with them. And at that point, by two or three years in, I struggled. I, I ate plates of shit. It cost me my family. My wife would abandon ship. But in three years, I was making a hundred grand a year. But then three years of starting that training, training business. All right. So, um, if you guys did want to know, I started YouTube probably in year six of my fitness training. So I'm making a hundred grand. So people think, oh, I so made all my money here. I was made, doing very well, just fitness training. And then I did YouTube just as a hobby. Okay. And then it went into BAM. And I also had real estate. So if you guys know, I have a real estate license. So I was actually dabbling in real estate. I have a CDL. I have a master's degree. I have a bachelor's degree. I got a fitness training certification as a strength and conditioning specialist. I mean, <laughs> I literally went bam, 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 bam. And I've been just grinding and grinding and grinding. So when I was doing YouTube, I started making money with YouTube and fitness training. So I was doubling down, doubling down like crazy. And I don't stop. I don't stop. So this is what do it, does it here. I'm just letting y'all know. Uh, all of these opportunities, all these opportunities uh, with the emphasis of speech and language pathology. <laughs> but all of these opportunities, I forced my way into it. I moved cross country four times to coach basketball. I never sat there and was like, people need to get, people need to give me a chance. People need to give me a chance. I recognized to be a college basketball coach, even a high school basketball coach. I'm going to have to move to opportunities. So this is why I'm trying to get you guys to know. While I was in California. I moved to Utah for a coaching opportunity. I moved to New Mexico for a coaching opportunity. I moved to uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana for a coaching opportunity. I moved to New York for a coaching opportunity. And all of them paid me housing allowances, car allowances. I, I, I operated the travel budget. I was making 75, 80 grand in my 20s, late 20s, early 30s which was good money to be coaching basketball. <laughs> so then I, I so I, people that say, I don't have the opportunity, I, didn't get, I always say move. Move to where you can get it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. Where are you? Well, I'm in Tupelo, Mississippi, and they don't let black people do. Move. Shit, I don't want to. Go get it. You sit there. You're sitting there waiting for to fall on you. Please. I don't get it. But people just, I mean, I'm just a different guy. I will leave my family, like not my immediate family, but I will leave my mother. I will leave my father. I will leave my aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, nieces. I don't give a damn about them. All right. I don't give a damn about them enough for me to be stuck in bullshit. Also, um, I will leave friends. <laughs> I don't I, look, I can make friends or I can make money. Which one do I want? I want to make some money or I want to make opportunities. 
I don't want to wait in certain places. There's people that live in like Milwaukee. Well, they don't let brother man get the hell out of Milwaukee. <laughs> like, come on, don't stay there. You're deciding, you're choosing to stay in the position where you're dis disenfranchised. Make it make sense. As men, you got to be explorers. You got to navigate. You got to blaze your own trail. You got to be the. You got to blaze your own trail in this world. Um, if Christopher Columbus stayed in Spain, like or wherever he came from, but no, he got his ass on that on that boat with the the Nina, the Pinta, and whatever. This is only example. Don't tell me it's fake. But I'm just giving you an example. Um, the uh, Lewis and Clark. All right, people that dude, you gotta go. People make too many excuses for sure. I don't, I don't, that's why I don't pity excuses because I've moved and I've left everything behind. I've left cars behind. I've left furniture behind. I've left possessions that I'm like, now I would look back and say, do I want those possessions? Maybe not. All right, maybe, maybe not. But I had to give all that up to go get what I wanted because I knew this wasn't just a job. It was an opportunity that was going to open another door. And I, when I got to that job, I put my heart and soul into that damn job. And then I said, where's the next opportunity that I can parlay this into a bigger opportunity? But if you're a male and you're waiting for it to drop on your head, oh, I'm sorry to report, gentlemen. It's not going to work out for you. Mm. <laughs> it's not going to work out. Um, you're going to have to forego women. You're going to have to forego stable little boring ass relationships you're gonna have to forego your mama you're gonna have to forego your cousins and your nephews your homeboys you're gonna have to forego the little city you live in for real otherwise yeah, it ain't gonna happen for you unfortunately look let me go back to another point here and give y'all a point and and timestamp gang will make sure they put in all of this here. So you guys probably by the end of the day, you'll see this. White men talk themselves out of success. Number three. So I did number one, not enough information, not access, access to information. Number two, you don't believe you're old enough. Number three, the type of success you want is unattainable. All right. Or you might talk yourself into this one. Man, I want to be a millionaire. Okay. Try being a hundred thousand there. You think it's unattainable to you for whatever criteria that excuse you want to make well it, it can't be for me because i'm short i hear a lot of guys say that or i'm black or i look young or i look too old or i'm too fat or i'm black i mean or i'm uh i got short hair i'm ugly bald i'm a woman i'm trans i'm gay i mean people will make up all that this is all victim bs this is victim bs because there is opportunities for you to get something out here and guys, there's a lot of money and opportunities out here. They're still out here. You just got to be able to uh, 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 recognize it, but it's usually disguised as work, as they say. It looks like it looks like work, and you're like, "Now nah, I don't want to work. I should be able to be able to get these things." Or someone owes me reparations is that horrible argument for me, although I get it on principle. But a lot of people are literally waiting for that. I know some people who are trust fund babies that are waiting for their parents to die, and their parents won't die. Their prayers are just not going to die. Their parents are holding on. I'll keep holding on. They ain't leaving. And now this person that I know specifically is 45, 50, and he's been waiting for his parents to die at, since 25 so he can get the parents' money. But the parents won't die. 
Same thing as the reparations. Oh, one of these days they're going to give it to us, and then you're still waiting for this. Okay, look, why don't you apply yourself, and then if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I, I, I don't understand this idea of waiting for some things like this. You know, it's like it just is sad. It's sickening. Oftentimes, then by the time you get it, what the hell are you going to be able to do with it? Okay, you're going to be so far behind in life. All you're going to be able to do is pay debt. So um, you might believe that the type of success you want is unattainable for you because you come from a certain area. Leave the area. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Or you might say, um, you know, uh, I got to go do this. I got to look corny. I got to move to a white neighborhood. I don't understand. You know, you might come up with any variety of reasons. And um, it's just you talking yourself out of success, which is okay. As long as you recognize it for what it is. But excuse makers is not going to work. Victim mindset is not going to work. All right. I, it's not going to work. When was the last time you heard somebody that's successful say they were a victim? I was a victim of this and that. They might say I grew up with a single mother and I grew up in tough times, but that was the, my motivator to get me to where I'm going. They never say, man, this still sucks, unless they're a Hollywood celebrity, right? Uh, the next point is we demonize or moralize success. Yeah, this one right here. Why do I have to work? I am sexy. I am sexy. We demonize or moralize success. So you might see a successful person and you might say, well, they're evil. They're bad. And you might be right, right? They're evil and bad because they've done things they needed to do to get the money. But again, they use money as a tool um, and they continue to get more money because nobody's comfortable. Even successful people know that there's failure because oftentimes they come for failure to be successful. So they get up every day so they don't want to return back to success. And as you know, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. So a lot of people moralize success or they demonize it and say that's of the devil and money is all the roots are all evil. You don't need those things. Um, it won't make you happy. And um, at least I'm happy. And again, they're happy, but they're fat. They're happy, but they're lazy. They're happy, but they're just coasting through life, ready to die. I actually have a uh, had a biology professor used to say that because he was a PhD in biology, and he was crazy as hell. He changed my life. Not that not that um, I had a good relationship with him. Meaning, I didn't look at him as a mentor, but the stuff he was saying was unbelievable. He opened my eyes, and he would say, "Most people, they they get up, they they go to public school." And then they graduate from public school. Some of them may go get a university bachelor's degree, which is worth pretty much nothing today. And uh, he said, and then they would find their relationship and then they're ready to die. And then from age 30 to 70, they are dead, but their spirit is still here. All right. And they're just waiting for the clock to run out. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just, look, look, they just wake up every day waiting for the clock to run out. All right, at some point, this will all end, and they never do anything to improve themselves. They never try to learn more. They never get more education. Uh, they just go ahead and just clock in and clock out, ready to die. <laughs> he used to say that. I used to be like, damn, this dude cold-blooded. All right, but a lot of people are just waiting to die. They don't try new things. They don't go ride new roller coasters. They don't do nothing. They don't travel to go see things. They wait to retire to do all of their fun stuff. They never go get an extra dollar. Well, I only need $2,400 this month. That's what I'll get. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
They can't wait to go to family little functions where they go argue and there's excess drama. All right. But I love my family and they go nothing. They don't do nothing but fight. Ready to die ass motherfuckers. Right. And so a lot of people are ready to dieers. And as me, I don't look at it like that. I will switch a job. I will switch directions. I will try new things. I will, you know, for the for the most part, I'll go travel somewhere by myself. I think there's more life out here for me. Matter of fact, as a man, the life gets better after age 35, 40. It gets fantastically better if you're not ready to die. I'm ready to live. And so people will use morality as a means to try to talk you out of being successful. Well, you don't need a Porsche. Because they know once you get that Porsche, your ass is going to be not dealing with their ass anymore. So it's the way to say, well, only evil people get those type of things. Only evil people get Louis Vuitton bags. Guys, I got Louis Vuitton, Vuitton bags and um, they just sitting there. <laughs> All right, listen. But. What happens is rich people get those things. They like those things. And um, the reason they can get them because it doesn't cost a lot of money to them. They're basically, uh, it would be cost, it would, it would be worth what $10, $15 is to you. So it's highly affordable. But you think these things are, oh, wow, you would spend that much on that? To them, they got it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like you going to the corner store to get a pack of Pall Malls. All right, that's what it cost to them. So, and it's an investment item to them, but you look at it as something, oh, well, only evil people got Louis Vuitton bags. <laughs> you know what I mean? They will always say that. Only evil people got, only these people. And to be fair, buying every great fortune is a great crime, but the crime that people are committing when they chase success is fortune, all right? They're actually just, the, the crime behind it is they're doing things that are outside of the norm where morality doesn't exist. If you think every person that is wealthy or try to attain success is using their moral compass to get there, you're going to be out of your damn mind. Now, they might arrive there afterwards. They might get to the point they want and say, you know, I want to go on a spiritual journey. They might do that after they've knocked down all the people and stepped on people, all right, and kicked people while they were down and uh, trampled over people to chase success. They might come and arrive at spirituality after that, but that's where they did. But in order to get where you need to get, you got to piss people off. You got to sell the people. You got to do all the hard things that people don't want to do. Sell. You know how people don't want to sell? I've had several sales jobs. Real estate. I sold automobiles for three months. All of these jobs were small jobs, right? I sold real estate. I've sold, uh, did I sell shoes? No, I don't want to say I sold shoes. But um, a lot of people offer me sales jobs all the time. When I, when I coached college basketball, I was selling the university. That's what my job was, to go find high school students and sell my university, sell my program. And in essence, you get a bigger commission and a bigger part of the check. But no, you just want to clock in, clock out. All right. In order to sell, you got to do a little bit of lying. In order to sell, you got to do a little bit of lying. You got to twist the arm. You got to twist the wrist. You got to lie on somebody else. You got to cheat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to do that, but a lot of people aren't do that. Aren't able to do that. A lot of people don't want to do stuff like that, but that's where the money is. I sell dreams. I sell hope. <laughs> you got to sell, man. Sales part of life. And as you guys know, salespeople are often in our moral compass treated as scummy people. 
Oh, they're a scummy ass sell. What do they sell? They they say over here. He's a snake oil snake snake oil snake oil salesman. He sells snake oil, but he's successful at selling snake oil. And as a result, you're either going to purchase it or not. But I guarantee you, he's in a different position next year than you. Sometimes you got to start off selling snake oil until you get to the point where you're selling what you want to sell. But if you want to live morally, if you want to live in a self-righteous world, if you want to live in a point where there's angels and there's demons, if you want to believe that everybody that has money are demons and you, the poor righteous teacher, are angels, if you want to live in that world, go ahead. But it's going to be a painful reality for you down the line. No matter what profession you choose, you're going to have to sell. When you're a lawyer, you're going to have to sell. Doctors have to sell all the time because it's a competitive landscape. And the reality is a lot of people don't want to succeed. They don't. A lot of people don't want to succeed. You want success to be heaped upon you without having to do what? Pay your dues, get, get it down in the mud, and all of these things, right? You want people to give you success, give you information, and it's okay. It's okay. Um, I don't advise people selling drugs, though. <laughs> Do not sell the drug. Oh, I've went door-to-door sales. I've done door-to-door sales specifically with real estate. I would knock on people's door. Hi, I'm your local real estate agent. Hey, uh, it's a great market for you as a seller. You could potentially move from this and then level up to another place. The market's hot here in Southern California. Hey, in Southern California, price of properties have never gone down in value in about 100 years, except there was a slight dip in the 1980s, early 1980s, in which all of the um, all of the companies, the corporations in the South Bay, particularly Boeing and all of these places, went belly up and they started leaving Southern California. That was the only time that there was a dip. But now is a great time for you to sell. Would you like to be one of my clients, one of my customers, I could represent you and I could get you top dollars for yourself. All right, you got to remember scripts. You got to be able to approach people, cold approach, all right? Develop leads. You have to follow up on leads. It's a very, very, very specific job. I hated selling houses. This wasn't a thing that I liked, but I love real estate. I love real estate. So I like to be able to go in the houses. And the one beautiful thing about real estate, I know we're going all over the place, but uh, I got to see a lot of homes that I thought I would love and I would go inside and I hated it. <laughs> I would go in there and say, wow, this is a shitty house. You know what I mean? Because I didn't like the way it was laid out. I didn't like the amount of light that was coming into it. I didn't like that. But it looked fantastic on the outside. It looked great on the outside. You go inside that, you're like, what in the world? Why in the hell they put that there? Why is there a wall there? And then I would realize these houses were worth Eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million, million five, and I hated the inside. Like, wow. <laughs> so, um, I was lucky enough to do those jobs and realize those jobs taught me how to buy a house. Those jobs taught me how to buy a car, and how you get finessed on the back end. Where are you going to lose? How you lose money? How many people that buy cars hate the car that they bought as soon as they drive it off the lot? How many people that buy houses regret buying that house or were forced to buy that house because the market was hot and they just went to go buy a house and they went belly under? They foreclosed in four years. It taught me a lot. So I use those opportunities to learn about those things so it can make me better in making decisions when it's time for me to be the purchaser. Ah, oh, where are we at here? All right, was that the last point on that one? Yeah, that was the last point on that one. We do have... Another important point, two more important points, and then I'll do some super chats now. 
Garfield Banyan says, listen to what this man is saying. He's not the coach. He is, in fact, Coach um, Coach, uh, Coach Fucus. I can't believe, uh, I can't remember who you're talking about, but sorry about that. He says, free agent lifestyle is akin to winning the lottery every day, forever. Coach Fuses. Thank you, sir. Uh, but yeah, it's a, dude, I'm telling you the philosophy that I live, I'm very, very, very happy I chose this life. And I find it odd that people will oftentimes want me to, to um, they'll say, well, you know, you'll still want relationships. Guys, look, I've been there, done that. I got the damn receipt and the stripes and the battle scars. Relationships are horrible for me. They would not add value to me. I mean, only employees would uh, add value to me. Relationships will take away everything that I do and everything that I love to do. Because oftentimes it takes you to adopt a miserable person who needs the relationship. Yeah, Confucius. Sorry, I'm Coach Fuses and Coach Adonis. Relationships would be a death knell to me. All right, because I would have to adopt someone who is probably either going to be like, I can't, I can't really figure, I'm going to have to figure out what she wants. Does she want to be codependent? Does she want somebody, does she want first base while she can steal second? Is she using me as a launching pad? Does she need me to tell her what to do? Is she a ham and egger? Is she a knuckle dragger? Will she, will she hemorrhage my bank account? What the hell does she want? We don't have, we can't determine that with the human being because they are a variable. Everybody understand algebra. Relation, human beings are a variable. They're under constant states of change in which if you are the constant in the equation and they're the variable, you oftentimes will have to adjust to them on a daily basis. I don't have time for that. I'm not a babysitter, nor am I a person that are going to track your ass down. And if you're giving... Uh, your peace leave to someone else. I don't have time for either of those. Neither one of those things would add to me. They would subtract from me significantly because I work nonstop around the clock. All right, now, in certain times, it's slower, and then I do things that I want to do, and then I do things that I have to do out of obligation, like to my children. All right, I taxi them around way too much. All right. But I have to do that to get them to the opportunities that I'm providing for them so that that gives them a level up. Listen, I can have my kids sit in their bedroom and do shh after high school, after school's over. But I don't. I have them doing all these other things just to provide opportunities for them. And thus, then I have to be their taxi, which could take hours out of your day, hours. So then I got this woman. I got this woman who is neither working for me because she's doing her own thing. Wait. So I could focus on my career. I'm not going to get any money from her. Not significant. What she makes in a month, I could probably make in a day. But what most women do make in a month, I probably make in a day on good days. So there's no value to her economically. Now I got to sit there and listen to BS, gossip, social media, gossip. I, I don't, I'm not into it. She doesn't contribute to me in terms of, hey, what can, what do you need help with? I see you're the I see you're the uh the shining star. What they might do is get competitive with me. All right. Hey, you know, I could do what you're doing easily. Uh, my job is harder than yours. I don't give up. I don't care. Mm. I care nothing about 
that you think my job is easy and your job is harder. I care nothing about proving that. I care nothing about, see, there's not a lot of value I can see to add that women add. You don't just, just don't get a woman like that. No, they're all like that. They're all like that. They're going to be one or the other. But I'll just sit here and wait for you to be done. And then you can spoil me. Or then you can take me to do something fun. No, man. No. <laughs> no. Somebody says, LOL in a day cap. Mm. You must not know how social media works. You, you, you definitely don't know how social media works. Somebody says, LOL in a day cap. This guy, you, you, you're not part of the money mindset. You don't know how social media works. The average person probably barely makes $3,000 in a month. The average. And that would be, that's good money for most people. I'm not going to tell you what I make. But. <laughs> I don't want to tell you, but that's not out of the realm of possibility. Just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, if you work at fast food, I'm certain I make more than you. What you make in a month, I'm certain. If you make 17, 15, uh, 20, I, I certainly do. <laughs> On a good day. I'm not saying this every day. But I'm just, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I, think, I think really people do want to go. And think you're broke. <laughs> but what, what I don't do is I don't get on here and be flashy. I don't get here and say what I do and make. I don't, I don't do that. I'm not that type of dude, but I've seen YouTubers do it and I'm going. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's okay. They can, y'all can still drag knuckles if you want. Anyway, I'm a basic type of dude. Like, look, look at what I'm wearing. Look at what I'm wearing. I got an old uh, Henley. I got on sweats. I gives a rat's ass if you think I'm going to try to impress you by dressing up. <laughs> you know what? I'm just letting you know. I'm not, I don't care for it. Like some days I'd be like, I should get a little bit more fresh to death for my audience. And then I go, forget it. I don't care. <laughs> like, I really don't concern me. But it is what it is, you know? Uh, people really don't know. People have no idea. Where are we at? Avery Band says, what online business can I start as a broke ninja? It all starts with, see, um, here's a bit of advice, gentlemen, uh, on the blue chip mindset. And I hope I don't go on too long. I'm going to just tell you this. Here's a bit of advice. Whatever you start, don't expect to pay back for six months. Okay? Whatever job you start, whatever thing you do, don't expect to pay back for six months. If you want to be highly successful, don't expect the net return for one to two years. But I will tell you what a man told me. Whatever you've done in your life, try to leverage that as telling the information about that thing. So wherever you're from, uh, you could be at a location. You could have had a past job. You could have had a past experience. Somebody wants to know about this. Somebody somewhere does. 
So maybe leverage that. But it's going to take you a while. There's not a lot of people that are going to sit up here, jump on any online business, and just start reeling in money. They're not going to do it. Six months, when I started selling cars, all right, and I did it only for two, two and a half months, all right? But the, I remember the GM said, do you have enough money for the next six months? And I lied, and I said, yeah. And then um, he hired me on the spot. And then um, I, within the two and a two and a half months, I was like, I'm not making enough money. And he says, I told you, or I asked you, not I told you, I asked you, I said, do you have enough money for the next six months? Because you're not even going to make any money. You're going to make, you might not make a dime. And then, but he said, after six months, I'll give you enough sales training to have you killing it. But then when I told him I had to quit because I wasn't making enough money, he was like, but you said you had enough money to make it to six month mark, right? When I started doing YouTube, the first six months, I made $0, right? Zip. When I started doing, I think by the time I was in the one year mark, maybe I was getting $2,000, by the time I'm in the year and a half going into two years, then it started to make a change. But I worked it like a full-time job every single day. So what I'm telling you guys is this. If you want to start making money at something, you're going to have to put in, what do they say, 10,000 hours, 25,000 hours before you become very good at it, before you start getting a return. It is what it is. You know what I mean? I So if you're starting something, don't start something. Like, I'm going to just say, do not start a new business and then sell it to your, your family members and friends. You're going to, so you're going to say, I'm going to start selling, uh, what's the, uh, Herbalife. I'm going to start selling Herbalife. And then you start selling Herbalife. Uh, two days in, you start telling everybody, you start posting over your social media, and you start, oh, hey, Herbalife, Herbalife, Herbalife. Blah, 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 blah. All right, whatever all this stuff is. And then your family members are not going to, support you at first you're going to be pissed because you thought your family members were going to support you right off the bat but they seen your ass dip and dabble in a whole bunch of damn side hustles and then they seen you it collapse within two months so they're not going to put any money into you because you never had staying power you're going to have to sell the other people strangers and make your persona your strength to strangers and then once your family sees it they might hop on many of them still ain't gonna hop on okay but it is what it is but don't Expect people to just start supporting you right up front. Uh, I'm going on and on. Wheelan says, spit and fire, coach. Give ignorance a nope. Very much ignorance. Yes, and Lee. Shout out to you, Synopsis Joan. When the coach talks money, because I got money. I preach. Shout out to you, coach. He says, preach, coach. He says, I listen, preach, coach. Uh, Young Bikey says, coach, I came across a day trading program, but they told me the tuition is 4k i verified the testimonials and reviews it seems to be legit day trading is uh something i see myself doing for a living well if you don't have the overhead you don't have the family kids and all that stuff you can do it i have a neighbor who's a day trader and he made sixty thousand dollars last month he told me that because he thinks i can help him social media wise so he's doing it and he's got a family he got three or four kids a wife he, he's doing it you know what I mean? But I'm not saying you could do it. He made 60K last month. Shout out to Simon Small. Appreciate you for being here. Adrian Paul TV. Hey, coach, I believe many people are afraid of the change that success can bring. Also, the fear of failure. Open your minds, gents, and go with hunches. 
yeah, change success brings change and you're going to change around people or people going to think you changed around them. And um, you're going to find out that people that loved you don't really love you as the new person. They like you when you don't achieve. We're going to get to that point later. Nick Blackburn, keep preaching the gospel, coach. Thank you, sir. It's Dave, baby. Thank you for everything, coach. Indeed. Andrew says, catching up on tuition. Appreciate you, Andrew. Triggerverse, you, yo, coach, can we get a hit it or quit it? But for butterfaces, he says, talking about low-hanging busted fruit. All right, we're going to do that later, hit it or quit it. It's Dave, baby, coach. Can I see Kaylee or Ling Ling? We'll show you Ling. Did I already show you Ling Ling today? We'll show you Ling Ling. They was all up at Angel Stadium yesterday. Uh, or on Monday, looking at uh, Otami. They was out there representing big time. Shout out to the, uh, them out there. It was pretty interesting to watch. Juan Pomeros grew up listening to rock. The other day, I was thinking how corny Van Halen's Welcome to the Jungle. Is that Van Halen's or is that that? You know, I'm bad with names, but it's not Van Halen. Welcome to the Jungle is uh, <laughs> Guns and Roses. He says, uh, uh, thinking of Welcome to the Jungle's liggers were made mills and got tons of peace leaves. Shout out to Guns and Roses. And yeah, so oftentimes the simplest formula is successful. If you listen to um, if you listen to music and uh, a lot of times you guys are trying to reinvent the wheel. All right, reinvent the wheel. The wheel, the formula is there. The formula is there. And sometimes you got to sell out. All right, shout out to MPI. Stop giving a F and do what's best for you. Hashtag men's first, men first, and hashtag understand life. Guys, your family will not give you the formula of success at all. Think about your family right now. How many of them would you consider successful in your definition? Think about it. Now, they might be successful in their definition. I'm not taking away from them. But in what you want in life, do, does any of your family members have that? And do not ever listen to your female relatives on anything. If I'm going to give you a bit of advice, never listen to your female relatives on almost damn anything. Almost, I'm talking about 99% of anything they got, any opinion, anything, because odds are they haven't or nor will they do what it takes for you to do what you need to do. Like they'll never have a sales job. They'll never go eat a, a month without eating nothing but top ramen. They'll never go. They'll never do. They'll make, they'll never make a sacrifice to invest. They'll never, they'll never do any of it. Not saying they're bad, but what I'm telling you is when you're chasing success and they say, you know what you should do? You shouldn't listen to a damn thing. They say, that's what you should do. You know what you should do? Oh, I have an idea. You know what? And it's probably going to be some low-level, low-grade thinking bull. Now, this is what separates the people who actually are successful. Let's just say a Guns N' Roses that sat there and wrote, Welcome to the Jungle. Now, a person can write Welcome to the Jungle one time, but can you do it every day? Can you do it uh, every day without getting paid? Are you willing to? Are you willing to do or say something that could get people to get pissed off with you and half of your audience is haters and half of your audience loves audience love you? Can you get out there and get on a plane, travel by bus, EBS, uh, stopping at truck stops at two in the morning? You can't do that. I bet you you can't do that. 
So everybody can do just about anything for a day. I've had people that are close to me say, I'll start a podcast. You started one. And guess what? You're not willing to stick through it for a year and a half making zero dollars, are you? You're not willing to do it. You're not willing to do it. And I know that. So when a person tries to mimic what I do or when a person tries to say, well, I can do what you do, I say, sure, you can. You can get up here for one day, maybe even three days to do what I do. But can you do it every day? No, you can't. Can you do it every day without getting a damn dime? Can you do it without getting your feelings hurt? Can you do it when the haters show up? Can you do it when people start cutting videos on you, trying to expose you? Can you do it when people in your audience are talking? Can you do it? I guarantee you, you can. That's what separates the successful people and the unsuccessful people is when it gets tough. Can you stick through it until it rewards you? I'm telling you, man, people don't have the discipline. And I've been working all my life with the discipline. I got the discipline. I got the work ethic. I got the passion. I got the drive. I got the ability to say, I don't give a damn what you say. I got the ability to not respond to anybody cutting videos on me. And then what do they do? They climb back, climb back into their little hole when I don't give them what they want. And I'm going to say, I would be beneath myself to even mention your name on my growing podcast. I, it would be beneath me to even mention your name. Now, you can go get some likes and views because you put my damn face on, on the thumbnail. Go ahead and parlay some success on your side to try to make a name out of yourself to put my face on your, your, your channel. But I would never do that to you. You see what I mean? People can't do it. <laughs> People can't do it. They can't do it every day. And then when you get to where you want, when you start showing the, the uh, when you start showing the, the, the um, success, then they start trying to say, well, it sucks and you easy and you do this and that and it came easy for you. No, I did it. No, I did it. I still have channels that are struggling. And I look every day and you might see I'm successful, but every day I wake up and I say, how can I get this channel to grow? I'm where you are, sir. I hope this is a little bit of inspiration for somebody. So for all the people that be like, well, you got 100K subs and you got 85 subs. But I also got channels with subs that are struggling. And I'm like, mm, why does this channel not grow? Like, what do I need to do? And this channel, like this channel right here, I'm like, there's no, what is this lane? You know, what do I need to do? That like that. You know what I mean? I'm always like, let me get this one up. Blue chip mindset just got qualified for monetization, right? And so I'm like, what formula worked on this channel that didn't work on this channel? Let me get on this and I could get this up. So like I said, if you're just joining me, in my history on YouTube, I've had seven monetize channels that qualify for monetization, seven. Seven. And so when people were like, why don't you come to my channel and talk? Okay, let me just, let me just, <laughs> let me just give you an indication of how I think. If I come to your channel, the video's gonna get 125 views. <laughs> 125, if not 1.1K. I would rather spend that time over on my channels. On, a, on my third or fourth channel, I'll get more views than me going to your channel, spending an hour talking shit. You see what I mean? 
Like this channel right here, Ask Coach Greg Adams, look at the channel views, 2.2, 11K, 2.7, 4.1, 4.2. This one's got 15K, 4K. I'd rather spend time over here than to sit over there talking shit, swallowing spit, repeating the same thing I say on my channel, doing the same jokes and the same stuff. Now, but if you paid me to come to your channel, that's a different thing, all right? But I would rather spend time on doing my stuff and staying my ass over here. Right, <laughs> it's the easiest things. It's the easiest thing to do. All right, this is just how I think, and this is my philosophy. This is my philosophy. It doesn't. It doesn't pay to contribute. And then I look at it. Oh shit, eight hundred and fifty views over there. Oh, uh, why? Why? Why even waste my time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's nice. You know what I mean? But I'll just do what I was doing over here. All right, so let me get to how many more Super Chats we're behind. Especially those ones that they be all talking with the boxes up on the screen. That, that, that would be a considerable waste of time for me. I wouldn't even log the hell in. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, you know when they come on the screen and they, they fill the box up like this here? Hold on for a second. They'd be like, hey, man, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, my name is Coach Greg Adams. Yeah, I got a channel called the Coach Greg Adams channel. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I just wanted to talk about this, what you said, what you had said uh, about that subject matter you had said about. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm going to just spend about 15 minutes over here, three hours watching this repeat live stream. And then I'm going to come over here and then I'm going to say what I'm going to say over here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. And the whole damn screen is 18 people like Never, bro, never, all right? You would have to pay me a big-ass fee for my ass to show up over there. <laughs> I'll make a video on one of my, on my low channel over here. All right, shout out to the people I collab with. I'll make a video over there and post it over there, and it'll get made way more run, and not only that, it'll get more playback a year from now, and I'll make more money over there, <laughs> all right? Then they have zero dollars. Ten people that follow me are haters. And I'm arguing. No, nah, man, what I was saying was, man, you don't understand. Hold on for a second. Man, you seem to lack an understanding of what I'm talking about, Sean. See, my point is. <laughs> I'm looking like the screen, like a Hollywood squares. Hell no. I'm going to tell you, hell no. All right. I ain't coming over there. I, bar I barely might listen to the damn thing. All right, shout out to uh, uh, Wellesley Drummond's been watching your content daily. Appreciate what you do, coach. We in here. <laughs> oh, my goodness, we in here. All right, last two points on this one. And I'm not dissing people. What I'm saying is I, I see why people don't grow. is because they don't apply themselves to their thing. Stay on your thing. When you go on another platform to argue and debate, it actually brings more haters than supporters. Stay on your platform. Stay on your mission. Just keep staying the course. Arguing is never going to give you supporters. Might Maybe 5'10", but just stay where you are. All right, so anyway here, 
let's do this. Uh, the last two points. Let me review the points. Uh, why men talk themselves out of success. Look, a lot of people left because I was talking about them. <laughs> uh, not enough access to information was number one. Number two, you don't believe that you're old enough. Age, uh, we talked about that. The type of success you want is unattainable. That's your philosophy. That's number three. That's going to um, mess you up. Number four was we demonize and moralize success. Morality is a crutch. Oftentimes, moral people often do appear fat and happy, uh, but they're miserable in a, a variety of ways. They're just masking it. And the fifth point, we have six, your circle is not diverse. Your circle is not diverse. Let me just put it to you this way before we handle it on the racial end. People think that if they had a room full of women, that they would make great ideas and they'll have a utopian society and the society will run like precision, right? It will be a precision, precisely run company. Like people have this idea, but that's often not the case. What tends to happen is there's drama, there's 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 all kind of backbiting, there's backstabbing, the female boss is seen as a bitch, and then everybody under that, then it's it's, it's absolute disaster. And then they come up with ideas and they'll surround themselves by weak men. They'll come up with ideas that they think is going to be great. Like Cracker Jill. There had to be a company, whoever was the Nabisco, Pepsi, whoever had that corporate room did not have a strong male in there to say, this is a dumbass idea. I don't know what you're trying to attack here. But they probably had weak, limp-wristed men or they probably had a room full of Feminist that said Cracker Jill would be a great idea. It's a dumb idea. And a man should have stood up and said, yo, you know why? Because that would have been diverse. You would have heard an opinion that wouldn't have hurt that would have hurt your feelings, but he would have brought some sense into the uh, argument. Now, let's peg it back to race. A lot of men think that they're going to get it all together by just handling people, by having people of their own race, own religious, same thought and idea, same philosophy, and they will actually demonize men who actually operate in diverse populations. All right, but diversity actually brings a lot more angles and it gets you to understand stuff that you might not have had access or exposure to. So you might not want to have white people grow and grow with you, or you might think white people aren't going to help you grow, but it's good to be on the inside getting the information as opposed to being outside looking in. So you might get an idea of how they operate so then that it can make you a better person or a better competitor to them. Better to be on the inside than on the outside. I heard the one Nigerian guy and a couple of people had some smoke. The guy that died, he got knifed up. Somebody said, yeah, I went to their Instagram and he had nothing but uh, white people and all these other people with them, Asians and, uh, and they were giving, bringing smoke to him. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? These people make up the greater part of the 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 uh, percentage of population. And they'll say he needed to have some thugs, some homeboys around him. He needed to have some people in the hood around him. Why? Like, why? <laughs> like, give me an idea of why that would be helpful for him. That would have made him look out. For, it might not have got him to be stabbed up. I'm not sure. Maybe one of them would have stabbed him up first. Who knows? But I don't get why. You always got to roll with your same people. Now, when you come back home, entertain yourself. You can certainly choose to be who you entertain with. But when it comes to traveling, 
uh, his people probably are less likely to travel. When it comes to buying tickets to go skiing and plunking down uh, tickets to go to a stagecoach or tickets to go to a concert, and they got to plunk down and have the money six to eight months in advance, his people are less likely to do that, possibly. They're less likely to have access to clear their calendar to do something like that. They're less likely to even do it. How many times have you gone to a swimming party in the hood and everybody was in the pool? Nobody was in the pool. How many times have you booked a vacation as a group with somebody and they back the hell out and start flaking? Oh, I thought I could get the time off, but I'm a knuckle dragger and I push pencils and papers around and my boss said I can't leave. See, when you base your your population of people based on a small percentage of people, I think it's a dumb way to operate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this population, you reflect this 12% of the population in where you live. You're probably not going to make it unless you're selling hair weave or Jordans. You're going to probably need another group of people to know and learn and understand. So I'm going to have to put my circle in a diverse group of people as opposed to the same people because the same people just because they look like you may not have the same mindset as you. But people will make you feel guilty. You're shunning your people. You're trying to act like these group of people. And I, okay, I can understand the argument, but I'm also trying to be successful. And there's no guarantee that if I just hang out with hoodlums and thugs because they look like me, doesn't mean that it's going to be successful. Now, there are cultures that do do this and exclude people because it's a competitive landscape, but they can do so because the numbers favor them. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example on this one. All right. Um, let's just say, <laughs> I'm trying to give you a great example here. Because sometimes what will happen is, I think if you, if you hang out with these group of people, what will tend to happen is these people will also say, they don't include you in their circle well, because you're less likely to come over and add value to their circle. So they're less likely to do so. Also, they're competing. So before I give you the example, I did a stream called Build Your Team. Building Your Team. So uh, it's the art of networking. I just want to ask you as a people, as you, as you, not a people, we're not talking about race anymore. But as a group, how often day-to-day -day are you networking to people that have careers or that sell things that can help you out as opposed to hanging out with same like-minded people and having the same conversations and rehashing them do you have a if you had my conquer course i went over this and i had a graph and i went through and i said these are the categories of people that you need on your team and these are the levels of these are the type of employments that you need them to be in so if you say real estate what do you need a title person, you need a mortgage person, you need somebody who uh, sells the real estate, you need a listing person, you also need a person that does appraisals, you need a person that does uh, home inspections, uh, uh, you, know, you need an exterminator, a handyman, you're going to need a whole bunch of people under the real estate flag. So instead of hanging out with your homeboys or building your team with your homeboys that have nobody in these circles, and everybody's doing the same thing. Why don't you have a diverse group of people where you know that are part of your team? So you say, that person is my real estate agent. That person is my mortgage board. Now, you might not need a mortgage loan for five, 10 years. However, if you hang around this person long enough, you'll know enough about mortgages so you don't get swindled when you need one. 
when you need one. Same thing as law. Who do you need to know in law? You need to know a lawyer, not just one lawyer. You need to have a family law attorney, a bankruptcy lawyer. You need to have an entertainment lawyer. You need to also have a lawyer who is privy to civil lawsuits, criminal lawsuits, just in case you get caught up in a crime, a DUI. I got to call my criminal law attorney to know how to bail myself out so I don't get swindled at the bails bondsman, okay? I also got to know law enforcement. I got to know somebody that is related to some sort of uh, alphabet uh, agency. It's good to know people like this. A judge, uh, you, yeah, judges, count court clerks. You want to be able to call somebody right away, man. Hey, here's my scenario. You don't want to go into the uh, phone book. Same thing with insurance. You're going to need to know a property and casual, a life insurance, an auto insurer. You, maybe they're all one and the same. Maybe you want to know someone in all three aspects. What about? You see what I'm saying? I would spend more time on that and more time building that diverse group of people than hanging out with your homeboys. Hanging out with your homeboys because your homeboys and your homies or even people of your same ilk racially aren't going to help you. And you can't do all these things by yourself. What about accountants? What about, I mean, there's a bevy of people that you should be building your network with that you should be able to say, that's my accountant. That is my insurance agent. You're going to need these things. And that's where I would spend the majority of my time. All right. And I wouldn't even say you need to hang out with these people, but these people are going to provide more value to you than hanging out with, say, people. In your, now, you can build these people and they could be of your same race or not. I tend, I tend to not think that is a good idea. All right. But maybe people in uh, auto. Who do you need to know in auto? You need to know a mechanic. You need to know a car insurer. You need to know a salesperson. You need to know somebody that brokers deals privately of the car lot. Come on, man. You need to know somebody that got the tires and the rims. You need to know somebody that can give you up. Like I have my truck. I need to know people who can do stuff to off-road my truck, right? You need to know all of these people. This is how you're going to get the fairer and the better deals when you build relationships with people. This is called diversity. And a lot of people are scared to meet these people because, you know, they want to kick it. They want to smoke weed. They want to hang out. They don't want to do. See, this is what I do with my time. So when people say. You might look at me and I might say, I don't have time to do this. And you might say, what do you mean? You have the time. No, no, no. In, in your world, I have the time. But in my world, I don't have the time. It might look open to you, but it ain't open to me. Because I'm thinking, hmm, I need to know somebody like this. I need to understand somebody. I need to get to know. So that's what I'm going to do with my time. Instead, you think, well, you ain't making a video. You ain't doing this. You ain't training nobody. You ain't do So you have the time. I don't. Did I show you the time blocking thing? Okay, I told you the time blocking schedule. Um, I don't know if I have it up here. I'm going to see if I can share it again of how I block time. Did we do that last week? Or maybe I did that on the Money Mindset stream. I'll show you guys it. This is free information for you. Let me see if I can pull it up. Oh, here we go right here. Let me see if I can pull it up here and share it. So this is a, uh, let me see here. This is an old time blocking schedule. Oh, I did. I did show you, but I'll show the new people because I might be somebody new here. All right. How I block my time. 
this is how I block time. This is a time management thing. I actually had this on the Conquer course. All right. I will have times where I'm working. I will have times where I'm not working, but that are not open. They could be a break. There could be times where I'm doing my doctor's appointment. I'm networking or whatnot, but it's not free time. You might say it's free time. It is not free time. It is time that I use to do for things that I need to do for myself or to network or to do other things. You might say, well, you're not doing nothing right now. A woman might say, you're not doing anything right now. She might see me with my feet up all day right here. This isn't your time available to you, nor is it your time is your friendship. You don't own that time. I determine what I do on my time. Now, where it says free time, that's where it's free for me to do something I want to do. <laughs> all right. And I block myself. I used to block this all the time and I would change it every three months. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Okay, I'll change it up to this. I'll make these open. Or I would get clients and I would say, oh, I want clients here. They got into my open time. Clients would call me up and they would say, do you have this time open? And I say, I don't. But on my worksheet, it's open. It says N-A. It's, it's, that means not available. Okay, that means not available, right? And so it's not available on my sheet but it's the time they want to block what would i do what's the answer to that i want to tell you i want somebody to understand what the answer to that would be if they want me to open that time up because i don't want to do work at that time what would i do okay what would you do what would that listen be let's see if somebody get it you can tell them no you can tell them to hit the like button <laughs> What would you do? You could tell them no. Yep, there it is. Music it. Yep. Music is life's got it. Remy's got it. Uh, OGA got it. Somebody said, show me the money. I would I would double the rate. Charge them extra. Look, this is the time I because this is what I can do when I have a busy schedule. When I have a schedule that I know what I want to do with my time. Okay, listen, if you want this time, I'm usually off, but I'll charge you double for it. You got to pay extra for it. This is overtime for me. I don't want to book this time, but you want to book it. I'll charge you double or I'll charge you a time and a half. Because I have command over my schedule. So a lot of YouTubers will come over here. Hey, come to my channel, collab. Of course, I have enough audience, so I'm like, I don't need any extra audience members. And like collabs normally don't give you extra audience. It's a myth. It actually, it actually stagnates the stream, all right? And most of your audience is similar, so it's not going to do anything. And, and in fact, they actually get a greater result than you because they get to actually monetize the video, and they also get to keep the Super Chats. Many times they don't distribute the Super Chats out. You just were over there wasting your damn breath. So then what I would say is, sure, I have time where I'm not making a video for one of my nine channels. Okay, this is my rate. What? Well, this is my rate. Man, you're going to charge me for this? Look, you're asking me to do something in my non-available time when I have off time. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it. I need a benefit. You see what I mean? But a lot of people don't have command because you don't want to be, be seen as an asshole. But you got to be an asshole sometimes. 
Uh, let's see. Let me do the last point and then get to the super chats. It is cleaning day. Our ladies will be here. Our ladies will be here today. So if your boss asks you to stay after work, most times they have to give you a benefit. Or you can give them alternative, right? Uh, but um, anyway, they have to give you a benefit. I'll give you time and a half. You come in on the weekend, I'll give you time and a half. All right, I'll give you extra overtime. I'll, I'll, I'll have lunch for you. Give me something. But I think people that come in and be like, hey, uh, just come over. Shit, I ain't got that damn time. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? It better be fantastic. It better be Logan Paul, all right? Now, if Logan Paul calls me up, hey, I want you to pop on in. I'm going to pop on in. Then I'll be over there looking like this. Hey, what's up, Logan Paul? Because I'm going to be exposed to 6 million people, if not 60 million. I'll make the time. But not if it's somebody that doesn't have the following that I have. I would love to help people out, but I can't. You know what I mean? It's just not going to help me. I got to look out for me. And you guys got to look out for yourself. All right. I don't do this. I do this for fun. I, I do this for fun, but I also do this for funds. We can do it all. It's all fun and game, but I want it to be fun and games. <laughs> Here we go right here. Uh, somebody delete the whole person. Um, delete their ass with all them damn, what do you call it? Put they ass in timeout, all cap ass, yelling at me. Do not yell at me on my channel. Last one. A certain type of success is not celebrated or rewarded in your community. So let's just say, for instance, you're a nerd and you become an accountant, an engineer, doctor. Uh, more, most people won't celebrate that. They'll say you're a nerd and all of this stuff. You won't get the advantage of getting peace leave. You won't get the advantage of, 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 of getting to select top-tier women. Cam Newton is filing this out. He actually has got to a high-caliber position. He's a retired athlete, but he can't get the woman he wants because in his community, those women don't exist. And a lot of people are going to fight him. So the type of success um, that it's going to take you to get is not celebrated. So you don't pursue it. And this causes people to be B-boys and gangsters and, and thugs and alphas, fake alphas, wannabe alphas. And it gets you pursuing something that is not going to work out for you. Matter of fact, the competition level is stiff. Uh, I don't know if you know about rappers, but um, you can get shot rapping. You can get shot rapping. It's a dangerous element. Oftentimes, you're exposed to a criminal element because these people can make money and launder money through rappers. Have you not seen this? Have you not seen this? So if you want to be a rapper, oftentimes you have to have a criminal element around you for protection. They can launder money to you through record labels and management companies. Oftentimes, people will be bucking shots uh, just at you for no reason. You got a lot of jealousy. There's a danger opposed to you. Uh, and as such, you pursued it because you thought it'd be great and it celebrated, but it's dangerous. It's all fun and games when you be, to be a ball player and all that stuff, but you're a high target. You're visible. Hoes will be after you. You'll have to put hot sauce in condoms. You'll have child support cases like crazy. So yeah, you'll get easy peace leave from straggle daggles or whoever are rewarding you, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous. So then why pursue it if you're not that dude? You're going to be exposed real fast for not being that dude. And um, uh, in some communities, you could be a rapper or a ball player, and it means zero to the community. 
it means zero. Actually, it might they might even look down at you like, oh, you're a rapper or a ball player? Like, wow. So here's what happens, and I'm going to explain it like this. A lot of you guys will let women put a battery in your back, and then it make you become a hustler or a drug dealer or a street pimp or whatever it is, a ball player or a rapper, and you think that's going to be the easiest access, so you spend all your 20s and 30s doing this. Matter of fact, you're 25 years old. Last varsity basketball game you played was eight years ago. You didn't play no Juco ball, but you're trying out for the D League or the G League. Oh, I still got it, man. I'm a street park legend. And then now you still trying. I know dudes like this. I know dudes that play flag football leagues thinking that they're going to try out for the USFL coming up. All right. And you go, wow, you know, it, it, it's a dream, but <laughs> like, yo. And they're doing this because they think that this is the, what gets rewarded in your community. But let's go back and look at the single mother birth rate and look at. I don't have the charter access available to me. I'm sorry. But uh, you guys know that chart that I pop up where it has the Asian community in the single mother rate, white community, single mother rate, black community, single uh, Latino community, single rate and black black. All right. Black community, single mother rate is appalling. Seventy eight percent. OK, so. Uh, but the Asian is on the opposite, where they are at 72% stable homes, very small per sing single mother uh, rate. Here's where the difference lies. Many times in those communities, they don't reward being a ball player or a rapper or a entertainer. They actually reward, reward men who are stable, economically stable entrepreneurs. They got a cleaners, a donut shop or whatever they do. You know what I mean? They're a doctor, lawyer. They actually do that, and then the women reward them by giving them access to those women and procreation rights. Procreation rights. Somebody said 78? Yes, sir. Let me pull the, street, the, the thing up here. Single uh, mother rates by race. Can't pull it up because, um, because um, it'll, it'll probably crash my computer. Here it is. This is, the, this is the one that I – let me see if I can pull it up here. Uh, it's close. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. Uh, but what tends to happen is. Hmm, I'm getting closer to it. Closer. Closer. Oh, man, I can't find it. Uh, but what, what tends to happen is it won't let me skip my I don't want to skip the point. But the point is what tends to happen is. A certain community will say, listen, the minute you worked hard to get to, to the position you got, I'll procreate with you. I'll procreate with you. I mean, that means I'll get, I'll become your wife. I'll do what you need to be done. Therefore, then I will give procreation rights to you. Now, what tends to happen in the high single mother rate areas is the men who get procreation rights and oftentimes they get the free wifely duties. Those men aren't the men who've established themselves in the community. They're actually either hustlers, drug dealers, pimps, um, ball players, rappers, and so, so forth. This is all this is all a general breakdown. Okay, let me see if I can put this chart up right here. This isn't the chart that I always use. But if that happens, then the men who are have done some something in their life, they tend to have to be the makeup person or the cleanup person for that said person right the man who gets procreation rights are the worst parts of the community and then the man who's done something he gets to clean up the mess which the asian and the white community tend to do less of as a result they they do things that are going to provide long-term stability not jail and prison or death 
and then he therefore he can raise his kids less likely to get divorced and so forth and so on all right so your area might not reward long-term stability entrepreneurism where it's not hustling and all that so therefore the men tend to know that hey i can still get access to great women if i do this it's not always the best thing but they can get access to it but in this area the hooligans, the drug dealers, the Tupacs with the degree, the gang bangers, the dudes that sell drugs, the dudes with the Latrell spree roll rims will cause other men to do what? Start gang banging, hustling to try to get Latrell spree roll rims. And then it's short money. And then that woman eventually does the escape plan when you go to jail or prison. And then the men who actually become stable, who they avoided like the plague, then become possibilities afterwards. This is a situation that will cause men to talk themselves out of long-term success. Because you say, hey, for me to be successful over here, I got to have wear a big shiny suit. I got to have a blingy bling watch. And then you'll shortcut your way to that and long cut your way right to prison. Mm. Or long cut your way to getting your ass beat at the nightclub. <laughs> Or you long cut your way to getting your ass stabbed up, shanked up, or whatever it is to have the woman that you want to have because you're adopting a persona. It's not really you. And so men will talk themselves out of the success just to get access to better people or better women or whatever it is that your community might celebrate. It's all nice for others, but for the most part, uh, this is going to get you in a situation where you F yourself up. And so what I always tell guys is be who you are. You know what I mean? Don't try to do do extra to try to get stripes out here in the streets because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. You can lose a whole bunch. You can lose a whole bunch. So go try to find that long-term success. Go try to invest in that. Try to go without the straggle-daggle and these nice, fine uh, banging chicks or whatever you call them, bangers, and get what you want in three years by sacrificing. And then by three years later, you can have what you want. And it'd be easier, a lot easier to get what you want. Unfortunately, young men don't do this with women. Women the, women are your, your Achilles heel. And it was like that for me. You know, so this is why I can relate. A lot of you guys are more, and, and you guys are more fascinated with your panty collection than your bank account. You're more fascinated by going out here, getting subpar women and low-hanging fruit than you are pursuing your goals. But at the same time, you can't. I can't blame you because women are rewarding men who are a certain element of women. They're rewarding men for doing some things like that. And then later on, you look back at the time you wasted. All right, let's do the super chats. It is what it is, men. It's a weakness for us, but it is what it is. Here we go. A man supporting men says, if you weren't with a woman before you got money, don't get with the woman after you get money. Hashtag men first. Hashtag understand life and peace, quiet, and freedom and free agent lifestyle. All right. So, yeah, when you do get money, you guys got to know whoever's in your life now, they're not the right element most likely. Or you just been exposed to them, right? So there's a level of women that you never are exposed to. Have you ever found that out? Like, damn, we're all the attractive women. Just like women. women. Women will walk into a place. We're all the tall men. You ain't in the right spot. Number one, and there ain't enough of them there. Or if you walk into a place and it's already uh, butterfaces in there and women that look like Pillsbury biscuit cans and hardly no attractive women, 
you're in the wrong place. You don't have access. And it's not till you get access to great places do you realize, damn, I've been looking at subpar people. <laughs> you're like, holy mackerel. But you guys got to know that women will flock and 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 be around top-tier men if they're intelligent, if they're intelligent. Uh, if they're dumb, they'll do stuff like this and then claim that the um, the, the the people that they think are good uh, aren't approaching them and they're not in the right places. Or, or they're not in the right places or they don't qualify when they go to these right places. So a lot of women will get it mixed up and they'll say, I went to these places and these people didn't approach me. Yeah, because you went to a place where you're less qualified. You thought you were good looking, but when your ass went there and you went there to the country club, you went there and you're the golf cart girl and the guys got money and you looking like an average woman and they're used to dealing with above average women. You went to a nice lounge instead of a nightclub or a bar and you said, forget bars. Let's go where the rich, wealthy men are to the cigar lounge and your ass went there and got ignored. You are not a qualifier. And, you know, I see TikToks on here all the time that talk about like you know, pretty girls and how they're never approached. And it's true. Like, I was just out at a bar. Black men were there. None of them talked to my friends and I. All pretty girls, black girls, none. And it's like, people say, like, finding someone to have sex with you, to take you out to eat, to compliment you, is not hard. I can go on these apps clearly. And So what she doesn't understand is you're average to below average. You'll only go on dating apps to get guys that want to pipe you down because that's where you qualify. Now, do you think just because you have a golden JJ between your legs and this leaking ATM that you can go to higher status men and perform the same dumb stuff that actually attracts low quality men, but it don't work the same. I know a lot of women that do this, man. They do this and I'm like, you don't realize you're average to below average. But you're 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 slightly above average in your mind to the men that always want to just pipe you down. But then when you get out to this real world and your ass get ignored because you look uncomfortable and you ain't in the right circle and you think you're just going to pop in and rich dudes are just going to come start hitting on you. You're dumb. It don't work like that. <laughs> and so guys got to understand that to be the same. Once you have a little bit of money, then you start exposing yourself to a higher class of women. All right. And at that point, if it ain't easy for you to get one, that means you ain't got enough to get one, period. Mm. I'm going to go get a sugar mama. No, you the hell ain't. You, you ain't, guys. That's going to be a pipe dream for you to do that. Oftentimes, for women to give guys some opportunity as a sugar mama, you got to have served them in some of the capacity to get close enough to get her to be the guy, the woman that pays you. And you're going to be banging old broads. All right, period. Mm. High-level women cost. High-level high women cost in the United States and over and abroad, studying abroad as people. All right, shout-out to Men Supporting Men. Also, ad, ads, I have life insurance and accidental dismemberment insurance. My daughters and friends of choice will enjoy it when I'm gone, totaling 300K. Appreciate that, man. So that is the blue chip mindset. If you do have kids, it's your duty to uh, give them the best possibility to waste it when you're gone, but at least you gave them options. <laughs> Joey Street, Joey ST. Coach Gang, the money is out there. You can get paid whatever ridiculous amount you may think it is. 100K, 1 million, uh, 10 million. You just have to figure out the steps 
of how to reach it if you're willing. I remember a time I thought it would be impossible for me to get $10,000 a month. I was like, that is not possible. And then I started doing the math when I started doing fitness training. I was like, that path is possible. I'm going to have to work my ass off. And I'm going to have to probably do things that I want to do and work too many hours and train too many clients. But then I saw it in my bank account. I was like, mm. so Joey Street or Joey ST is right. Um, I remember people like players would talk, NBA players would talk about they got their check and it was like obscene, like a million dollars plus. They're like, I can't imagine getting a check. And they play football. Never think that there's not enough money or the money just out of your reach. I once saw my bank account at one point in my life and there were six figures lying in there. And I was like, that's interesting. Never thought that would happen. Never saw that coming. But um, I also wasn't spending frivolously. I was applying myself to work. I was totally distracted. I wasn't dating. I wasn't banging fat women or unattractive women. I was just working. Bank, work, work, work. I worked like it wasn't even nothing in there. Work, 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 work. And I was like, interesting. So now that I know it's possible, why the hell would I do something less than that? So when I started making 10K a month, I was going, and I was just doing nothing but fitness training in my shorts and a t-shirt. I was like, I'm making 10 to 12K telling, counting reps in shorts and t-shirts. But you know what I also had to do for that? I had to drive all day to five different gyms and houses. So I would wake up. I would have an appointment at 5.15 in the morning at this gym. I would get in the car, drive five to 10 minutes over to somebody's house. I would stay, then I would drive that for a 6.15 appointment. Then at 7.15, I would go drive my kids to school. Then by 8.15, I'm at another gym. Then I would train three people at that gym, and then I would go run to another gym. I would take a break, wake up, drive to another gym or somebody's backyard because it was my own business. And I was going whoop, 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 bang, bang, bang. All right. Now, a lot of people wouldn't do that. Even trainers wouldn't do that. I would tell them, yeah, I make this much, but I have to do this. They'd be like, no, I ain't doing all that. I'll just wait to all, I'll just bring all my clients to me. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, your ass going to be broke because not all clients want to come to you. You got to make it available to them. I would tell them, I will go to you as a trainer. I'll come to your place. I'll go to your private gym. And I was like, yeah, they don't want to do it, man. I swear to God, people are lazy as they're lazy, man. They're lazy as hell. I'm like, man, y'all ass don't really want it. And then when I start showing the results, they was like, yo, man, how you doing this? How you doing this? I'm grinding. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm getting after it. Shout out to MPI, Notorious B.I.G., ready to die. Somebody said, did you offset the cost? So the cost would be car maintenance, gas. Uh, but then I would charge the rate that I wanted. So some people would be, this is what's about, and I'm trying to give lessons here, but this is what people will do. This is what people will do. Um, what they'll do is they'll say, um, I'll just stay in a gym. I'll just stay in this one gym. All the clients will come to me. But in that gym, you know what you're doing? Other trainers are charging 
whatever the rate is, $75 an hour. And, uh, and then when the client comes in, they find out this trainer's charging 45 an hour and this trainer's charging 65 an hour. This trainer's charging 85 an hour and they'll haggle your price down. But what I did was say, I'll come to you, but because I have transportation time, I'm going to charge you 100 or 125. But I can do that because I'm coming to them. I'm, I'm literally like uh, delivering to them. They don't have to drive to me, drive back, shower, change. They don't have to do any of that. So I'm saving them the money, but they got to pay more for me to come to them. And I got to charge them more because for me to come to them, I basically got to take a chunk of my time transporting to them. So that's how you offset the cost by charging them more. But you can't charge them more just like uh, Uber Eats charges you more to deliver food straight to your doorstep. They got all these service fees. But if your ass went there directly and drove and paid gas and put wear and tear on your car and picked it up, it's less. It's less. So you can charge them more because you're providing a service that's not available or other trainers are too lazy to, uh, to, 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 to do. Right? So the cost does get offset. You can put that in the price. So here we go. I'm giving you guys lessons here. It is what it is. Uh, here we go. And you don't have nobody else undercutting you. Nobody else is in your gym undercutting you. Sam Fisher says, uh, listening to this while I'm laid up in my bed with the beer bug. Wow, that's still around? He says, thanks, coach. I feel like crap, but I'm not ready to die. Thank you uh, for keeping it real, coach. Shout out to you. Indeed, man. Ian Bet says, NCGA we trust. Somebody says, are you still doing personal training? Not at the moment, no. I have clients that are calling me up, come back. You know, because when I left during the beer blood, um, they had to wait till their gyms open up and then they end up ha having to find other trainers and they're like, oh man, they ain't doing as good as you. They'd be like, come back. So I could go double dip if I wanted to, all right? Which at some point, you know what I'll do? I'll double dip and I'll go to my Adam's Fit channel and I'll put content over there. <laughs> I'll double dip. All right, cool. All right, you want me to come back? Here's the price. And I'm worth more than I was when I left you. I'm worth more. And, and you're going to be content. Shout out to Triggerverse is, uh, coach, there's people who drive their houses, wait, who drive their houses off the lot and regret it. Or the cars or houses. He says, also, can I get a shuffling clip? KM Lowe said the first lines are hilarious. Where's the shuffling clip? I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you gonna do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Y'all need to stop asking me questions over in the damn live chat. These people over here, they, they, they're, you're asking me for free info. These people over here pay for info, and you're asking me questions in the live chat. Come on. I'm just letting you know. I'm giving y'all damn some game over here. More game than these damn PUAs. All right, shout out to MPI. Instead of being the best woman she can be, she's trying to be the best man she can be. And I don't get it, guys. The ladies, you can be the best man you can be out here. Or you can do what man's work is and feel good about it. But you ain't going to get no real man. All right, it's day, baby coach. If you don't mind, what activities do you have your children do after school? Well, my children are teenagers now. And they're in their sports. Right. They're in their sports. So they do do high school sports. 
and um, they do it on the club level and the uh, high school level. But when I I uh, when my kids were younger, I had them in Taekwondo. My daughter was a junior national tennis player, although she hated tennis. Uh, she was a ranked in the, she was ranked in the state. Uh, she also did, you know, when they were younger, younger, they did soccer. My daughter did soccer and my son did football and basketball. And, um, what else? Um, they did Kumon for after school, what you would call tutoring. It's not a tutoring program, but they did Kumon. Kumon is a, um, after school. It, it basically teaches you how to reinforce basic math and basic reading. Okay. But it's an everyday reinforcement. Uh, my son's a black belt in Taekwondo, uh, although, you know, that was when they were younger. My daughter's a junior black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me see here. Um, had him do, oh, I did had them doing piano lessons. I didn't want them to be a piano person, but I thought that that was good for them to do. What else did I do when they were younger? But now they're specializing in what they want to do. And they pick what they want to do after eighth grade. I said, after eighth grade, you can pick what you want to do. But the rule is you got to do something. You can't just come home after school and got nothing to do. You're going to do something. All right. You're not just going to be here at three o'clock to 10 o'clock sucking up oxygen. Yeah. Anybody who's Asian, you probably did Kumon. And one thing about uh, Kumon is this. Uh, Kumon is one of those things that just reinforce basic things. The kids got to do these little worksheets every day, but it will make them very proficient in mathematics being able to convert i wish i would have done it because i'm not math is a weakness for me in terms of being quick with it uh but they will teach you formulas to get to numbers that uh american schools aren't going to teach you american schools are going to teach you how to get to these formulas and they're not going to teach you how to do i'm telling you man i was learning stuff in kumon <laughs> i would sit there and be sitting there looking i was like damn that's how you do division never knew it but what happens is if you have them in these things long term when they get the standard, this is why they say standardized tests are racist because these people don't have access to these things in, in study camps. Well, when I go to Kumon or when I go to any tutoring program, you know what I noticed? They literally were mostly Asian and Indian people in there with some white people and hardly no black people. Every now and then there were a few, but it is indicative of the area I live in as well. But, or Middle Eastern, it was highly Asian, Indian, Middle Eastern, then white, then Latino, then black. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, and I go, why? I, I, you know, you have to ask yourself why. And why is because somebody would rather put their third grader in AAU basketball and see if they can get a scholarship as opposed to that. When I said, son, you can play basketball, AAU and club, which he started playing fourth or fifth grade, but you're also going to do Kuma. You ain't just going to come out here and try to dribble because you ain't going to be no star. I'm just probably certain. <laughs> but what tends to happen is then somebody says this cultural uh, these tests, these tests, these tests are culturally um, biased is because people can spend money for their kid or willing to spend the money early on in the kid's development. When sometimes if the kid's unable to do it and they're in eighth grade, they got to go all the way to Kumon basic and they don't want to do it. You know what I mean? I. <laughs> 
I always forget my Nigerian bro brothers too. You know, I see them in there too. But I think people will say the money's not there, but they're playing AAU ball. The money's not there, but they're playing Pop Warner football. Oftentimes they can't pay that fee. You know what I mean? And they're getting scholarships for playing that fee because your kid's overgrown and he's good or he's athletic. So it's uh, it's about your priorities. And sometimes people don't prioritize things or people might say things are a waste of time. These things are a waste of time. They really don't help. Okay. It might not help you immediately, but over the long haul, look who the people, look who the people are at the top and look at what they had their kids invest in. I mean, it's very clear. It's literally the clearest thing. Is your kid going to be a math whiz? No, but he can improve his SAT score should he need to take it by 150 points. Is that going to matter? That's going to matter like crazy. His grades are going to go from C's to B's in math because it's going to be natural. On the first three weeks of math class, your ass are stuck reviewing basics. And then you stuck at the first three weeks of math Guess where you're going to be in week 12? Your ass going to be way behind in week 12 of math because you ain't even got the basics down. All right. If you're struggling in week two or three of any math class, you're going to get your ass kicked in that class. <laughs> um, as far as chores and that, you know, we do do chores and all that stuff. But um, yeah. It's not like they got to clean the whole house or anything like that. They just got to keep their keep care of their stuff and be responsible doing that. They don't do well at that all the time either. Anyway, Florida Henry, greetings from North Dakota oil fields. He says it's a blizzard out here. Shut us down and no women out here. Oh, my goodness, man. That sounds drastic. But shout out to my brother out there. <laughs> know if you know those people can make six figures out there them dudes them dirty ass dudes making 6k <laughs> i mean now six figures out there this dudes and i know in texas they making six figures all right and they losing a the wrist too all right shout out to you mr e you know who you are shout out to you on the cash app for the sponsorship and i won't throw you under the bus this time shout out to you oh my clap should be coming in here boss there it is all right that's the gender pay gap right there again a lot of hard work is a lot of hard work is behind work. Or it's gonna, you need a sacrifice. Brisk clown, but coach, she thick. Fuck. He says, taking your advice, it got me making six figures every uh every figure four month. <laughs> All right, shout out to you. Every figure four months. Six figures. You guys gotta sacrifice. 
when that guy, when I told that guy you can make, uh, make him one day what people make in a year, I mean, in a month, yes. You can do that for sure out there in them oil rigs. Yep. Shaw X, coach, you're right. I've been trading Forex since 2019. Lost a lot of money at first, but I practiced risk manage management and stuck with it. And now I'm profitable. Stick with it and don't give up, fellas. Right. And uh, uh, if you're doing this, do not get a woman. All right. While you're doing this. So if you're doing this and you're trying to start off something, do not get a woman. Do not move in with, with a woman because whatever increases you get, she'll find a way to spend it. All right. Do not do it. Des Mania, your coach, just started my lawn business. My job is holding me back from maximizing my income and growing my business. What would you do in this solution? I would, if I knew I can guarantee the lawn business would take its place, I would do it. All right. You got to make that choice. You got to make that choice. You're like, dang, I could get a client and a client that I could keep for six months to a year or two or keep my number one job. At some point, you got to make a choice. And I would... I, if I can guarantee that I can get that money back in the business, I would do it. But you have to guarantee that, which is not always a guarantee. Uh, Raul says morality is on the back burner, gentlemen. Survival of the fittest of the humanity. Yeah, morality is not in my wheelhouse right now, unfortunately. I can do all that later in life. All right. I can give back. I can be a philanthropist. I can pay somebody's way through college. I can pay a cousin's way through college. I can be nice after all the bullshit is done. After the smokes clears, <laughs> all right. But um, I'm not worried who's gonna be at my funeral. I'm not worried about you know leaving a great story back on the back end. You know what I mean? It's it's survival of the fittest out here. It's eat or be eat, killed or be killed. All right, it's kill what you eat. <laughs> Forget all that. Shout out to Victor Jimenez. I watched a video on IG that asked the man driving a $1.5 million car for career advice. He said, don't chase peace leave. It's the most expensive. Shit. It's too expensive. I'm, I'm trying to warn guys, you guys are all paying and you're paying a price, whether you pay directly or indirectly. And most of the time it's opportunity cost. I mean, men, you'll leave your hustle to go get some sex. And I've been there. You'll leave your hustle to go make a woman happy and get some damn, give her some loving feeling. I've seen IG videos like that. And they's like, look, man, the, put the sex on the back burner. Put the, put the relationship and loves on the back burner. That's all attainable at any point in your life. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. F it. But I know, I know I can buy the peace leave I want. I can buy it the way I want, deliver right to my door. And it will be cheaper than what you guys are giving up. See, I ain't giving up my opportunities, bro. I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving up my time. I'm not wasting no time with people. I find people very much un, uh, un, they're unmotivating. They rehash. I, here's the thing. They rehash the same bullshit every day. Am I not wrong? These people literally be talking the same shit every day. Ain't delivering me nothing, not edifying me, not building knowledge. And I don't care who it is. Don't tell me, well, you got the wrong woman. No. Y'all be talking the same bullshit every day. Same shit, different day. I just don't have it in my wheelhouse. I'm uninterested. I don't care what happened to you at your job. It does not interest me. I'll be like, <sighs> they be thumping their chest. I did this and I did that. I, I removed the paper jam out of the printer. 
So, oh my God. I'm looking to get promoted. If I do, oh shit. Congratulations. Uh, does this require me to be with you every day? To hear this shit? God damn. Man, just bring me some. <laughs> I got money. <laughs> he said he spends too much time in New York. I find people boring. I mean, I can't hang around people too long, especially people plugged in the Matrix, man. I can't hang out. And women are heavily plugged into the Matrix. That's why they boring. You know what I mean? They don't want to go, go outside the norm and color outside the box. I live outside the box. I live too much outside of the box to be having normal conversations with people. I just. Jeremiah Franz took eight years before I could uh, build enough momentum to leave my job. The most powerful move I made was not to date for 10 years. My largest detractor, my mother. Yeah, y'all got to break ties with moms. Y'all got to break ties with moms. For real. I mean, love your mom and all that stuff, but you see her on the back. You know, you got to leave the nest. You know, most animals in nature never see their mom again when they leave the nest. And we're animals. But I think, uh, you know, family is nice and all that. Great, you know what I mean? You know, y'all can get together and all that. Yeah, but uh, y'all got to break ties with moms, especially if she's a dream killer. And most moms, again, most female family members don't have what it takes to do what you need to do in life. What about us? And what about me and the grandkids? What am I going to see? Man, you'll see them when you see them. ABL says, leave your hometown. I would tell every man, leave your freaking hometown. Get the hell out of there. Leave all your family and friends behind and let them find your ass on the internet. All right, they ain't going to do shit for you. <laughs> they ain't going to do nothing for you. More likely, more often than not. Now, if y'all got family business and a legacy and y'all like the damn, the Ewings on the Dallas episode, all right, y'all can all live in the same ranch and all that stuff. They ain't doing nothing. Like, what do your cousins do for you? What do your sisters do to you? What, what do your mom do for you? They don't even they don't even like your damn post on Facebook, your family and friends. Like they won't even like your post on Facebook. <laughs> they leave your post empty as a mug. You ever do that? You go on Facebook, you post something, and then you click who liked it. Your whole family and friends ignored your shit. <laughs> you like wow damn y'all not even gonna like my shit okay <laughs> fake book shout out to uh and moms man leave moms alone i i really think for men if you live with your moms after a certain age you won't grow you won't grow i know you got to do what you got to do but you cannot grow i'm sorry to tell you you can't grow it you can't grow as a man she, has, she doesn't have what it takes to teach you to be a man. She's going to teach you how to hustle in the broke chick economy, which we broke that down. She's going to teach you how to hustle the broke chick economy. She's going to teach you how to buy shit off QVC and make minimum payments for those blenders because that's what she does. Um, she can't teach you because she's not equipped with the information. And she doesn't know what it takes to not operate with a safety net. But love her, but you got to leave her. I know you're saving money on rent. But how many moms are out here hustling? A very small percentage. Very small. My mom was a corporate worker for a long ass time. She did good in life. But I had to leave her ass too. 
You know what I mean? Like, hey, it's time for me to fly to Ness. Shout out to, uh, did I get some money on the cash? I did. All right, Jeremiah Franz says charge premium. We're back at that answer, charge premium. Um, I look at my time and I say, this is what my time is worth. Robert A, here for funds and games belongs on a t-shirt. Uh-huh. I'm here for fun and I'm here for funds. And I'm here for funds and game. That's how I look at things. Jay Flo, what would Coach Fuchsia say about wasting time? Hashtag Coach Gang. Time is the most valuable resource that you have, gentlemen. Opportunity costs, what you could do with your time. People trade time for money all the time, and they say they're doing for for free. Uh, women dudes trade their time, their valuable time, uh, which they spend on women and get nothing back but some leg. Um, I find that absolutely disgusting and appalling at this point in my life. Men will brag and say that's for free. Men will have women living with them and say they get in free peace leave, but they trade in valuable time. I think you guys waste so much time. It's ridiculous. And then you have the nerve to tell me it's free. I don't look at it that way. I don't look at time that way. Time is valuable. Time is money. Come on, man. Let's wake up as men. If you're trading time for money or time for sex, you're, that's the worst way to do it. I think you're a trick. <laughs> I know I'll be coming hard at people. But look, this you never had a father. And you never had a father like me. I'm a little bit old school. You never had an uncle like me or a cousin like me. I'll tell you what it is. All right? I'll tell you what it is. I'm not going to tell you like your mama told you. I'm not going to tell you like your weak-ass daddy told you. Because he didn't want to hurt your feelings. I'll hurt your feelings over here. I hurt my kids' feelings and say, hey, suck it up, buttercup. You either get out here and compete or you get your ass drilled and you can make excuses. Pause. <laughs> you can't replace time. You can replace money. You can replace energy. You can just go to sleep. Damn, I'm tired. Okay, I woke up energized. You, could, you can't, you, you replace money, but you can't replace time. So I take people that come into my life. If you violate my time, I'll be more pissed than if you violated my money, depending on what the dollar amount is. If he stole $20 from me, I wouldn't care. But if he stole 20 hours from me, now we got a problem. All right. Jason Webb says, thanks for this life. Less, thanks for these life lessons, coach. I'm all about financial success. Nothing but gains here. Financial success is where it is. You know, don't be shamed into trying to get that money, right? Uh, shout out to SSJ and Cub says, thanks, coach. Warhammer on vacation till Monday and a birthday weekend. Shout out to you. Happy birthday. George Alvarado, just paying my dues to the best RP content creator. Shout out to the CGA squad. I appreciate you, sir. Florida Henry is $300 to $1,000 a day in North Dakota, but it wears you down. But if you're young, you work to that point, right? You can always switch gears when you're a little bit older, all right? You might not be wanting to do that when you're 50, but you know that and you make that money, you stack it, all right? And then by the time you turn 40 and you're winding down, you can pivot. So all about pivoting. There's man, 05, hey coach, here's the hierarchy of the term in terms of intellect. Number one, Indians. Number two, Nigerians. Number three, Ghanans. Number four, East. Asians, just my opinion on intellect. Uh, yeah, I think also they, they're brought up in a institution to foster that. But what you will also find that these are the worst athletes too. Mm. <laughs> so then these people can't translate that into athletic prowess. Uh, it is what it is. 
Some people will say that sucks. You know, they want to be athletic. They want to be the basketball player. Shout out to Jeremiah Franz. Can't learn how to swing an ax from a woman. And your her life is not going to be your life. Moms can't, moms can't make you the man you need to be after the age of 13, in my opinion. In my opinion. But she can love you and nurture you and stuff like that and provide for you and shelter you. But she's not going to make you a man. Lamar Smith just tuned in. Have you seen Benzino's video on IG? He went out bad. I did not see, but I saw uh, the Star Report covering it, but I didn't see the video. Benzino. Shout out to Adrian Paul TV. I can't see it. Let me see if I scroll down. I can't see the chat, but you said something. Let me see if I, uh, oh, I see it. Looking to get a new Wrangler is something I've always wanted. Don't have the cash outright, but can put, put plenty down and handle the payments. So there you go right there. If you can handle it and you know you have done the cost-benefit analysis and uh, you know, you're patient, go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get it. Shout out to everybody, man. Thanks for joining me again for these three hours. The cleaning lady and the clean crew should be here very soon. Um, let me see. Are they here yet? No, they're not here yet. Hopefully this was helpful to you. I didn't mean to make anybody's feelings hurt, but you got to do what you got to do in this world. Shout out to the coach gang. I got money. And let's play our boy, uh, Uncle Earl. Out here. Here coming. comes the bankroll. Here comes. This is what make it all happen right there. That's what make it happen. This is what make it happen. If a man want to know how to meet a nice woman, how you meet her? With this. <laughs> First damn word come out your mouth. I got money. <laughs> But those not respectable women. I don't want no respect. I want some ass. Damn the respect. I want you to break down like a 12-gauge double barrel shotgun and show me what you're working with. But don't you want commitment? What? To who? You don't want to be committed. <laughs> I'm committed to getting her to that bedroom and giving her what she needs. I looked at it as I have an ATM between my legs and I just, I'm just using it. All I got to do is put my card in and that's it. And put the pin number and boom, money just comes right out. 